Yeah, so I was like dragging this guy out of this bar and he was like kicking and screaming and he accused me of grabbing his dick. <laughs> and then he turns to me, right, and he goes, Oh, you know your judo well. <laughs> it was flabbergasted, That's it was. Surreal, I yeah, we had to kick him out in the end. He ended up in the back of an ambulance or something. Ah, oh, yes. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> oh, yes. Bad, man. Hello and welcome to the Steakcast. This is the first episode of the second season. Welcoming you back with a nice mystery cast. We're not really. Uh, that's a bit of a mystery to us all, really. I don't think any of us have seen it with Burrow's face going on there. I think the sneak will a mystery yeah. to him. We got the usual lineup here. We got me, we got Burrow, we got Rich, we got Sean. Happening. Hello there. What's up? What go on? So what's happened <laughs> since the last cast, guys? Much going on? Jeffrey Epstein and he wrote himself. Oh yeah, he's out there, isn't he? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Does. I haven't really looked up as much as I'd want to on that, but um He's clearly been He's been killed. No, well, no no no, I don't think he's ki- I don't think he's dead. Really? Ooh, or you nah. think he's uh, disappeared to a mysterious island yes. full of children? I think body double. Yeah, body double. Because the, the, that picture that came out, it, the ear is clearly different, and the nose is clearly different. Yeah. I mean, like, I did have a look at that. Actually, yeah, it's mad. Regarding the the, the circumstances of, uh, circumstances of his death, he was on suicide watch. He was off suicide watch watch for a day before it happened. But he had still recently attempted suicide. And those guards, so they say. and those guards were gone. For they were called away. Yeah, the usual guards. I've heard like three different stories. One like maintenance crew comes in and they tell the guards to leave, and the guards leave. That sounds, <laughs> that sounds about right. Yeah, nice. I think turn a blind eye for a moment. I reckon they yeah. killed him with high energy infrasound beams through the walls. Infrasound. We go into that a bit pure actually in this. <laughs> <laughs> Believe it or not, uh, building seven. Yeah. But really, it's building seven energy weapons, son. Ah, nice, nice. <laughs> Have you seen Epstein's cellmate though? No. Bald guy, he's huge, like ex cop he was, but he's fucking ex cop. Ex cop, he's like, <laughs> can we all roid it as <laughs> Jesus, is he like cut you from the cut like Bubba on the block, like big? Yeah, like, yeah. He's the last guy on the yeah, compound. You know, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, gonna yeah. kill you. If he ain't gonna kill you, he's gonna rape you. <laughs> You fresh meat boy, Epstein. Oh, we're diving right into it today. Oh, wet boy, wet boy. No, uh, um, I mean... Have you reports of screams from his cell, though, by uh, other cellmates and things? Which equally, you know, you're not, if you're going to kill yourself, you're not going to be like, ah, I'm dying. What, <laughs> <laughs> what, what prison was he in? In New York somewhere, was it? Same one as El Chapo. El Chapo. I'm not, not sure which one that was. Shit. But didn't he dig a tunnel out, did he? El Chapo. I'm not sure. No, I'm not sure. I've not seen the next Netflix series. <laughs> Is there a Netflix series? I think on so. For El Chapo, I think. I'm pretty sure. If I not, know. I've made a massive faux pas. You can apologise about that. At the end I will apologise <laughs> at the end of the season. Don't worry. <laughs> I read that he dug a tunnel, like a massive tunnel. He paid people to do it and escape prison that way. But I saw a video, a picture, even of a Chapo standing in the middle of the cell, looking at the camera, and there is no way you can go where you're not covered by security footage so where's the footage from the Epstein thing that's right when I know because people reckon that when he was uh, reported to have hung himself that the ambulance was transferred or whatever and that's when they reckon that during that transfer that's where he got away that's where the bodies were swapped right because they they wanted their own coroner didn't they they demanded that he has his own coroner and it was the same coroner that oversaw JFK and everything like that oh because that was legit wasn't it yeah that was written up well <laughs> that was all above board not a problem so, not yeah. an issue oh this bloke shot him from six different angles <laughs> from one window <laughs> <laughs> just to go back so El Chapo is a Netflix series three seasons long 
at the three moment. Seasons. Yeah. Yeah. Just it, uh, it, three seasons? What's that, just him digging in It's the rise and fall of um, Joaquin El Chapo Guzman. Guzman, I don't know how you say that, sorry. Notorious for being one of the biggest drug kingpins in history. But he obviously didn't start out at the top or in prison. Is Watch it, now. Is there a narco spin-off, though? It's, I think it's kind of a similar type of thing. Narc, talking about narco spin-off, Could has anyone watched Narcos Mexico? No, I didn't see no, the Mexico. I've not watched any narcos. No, what? no, I didn't no. see the Mexico. My brothers, it's great. It's a bunch of uh, a bunch of Mexican, no, wait, Colombians shooting each other. Oh, really? Yeah. Well, mm. you know, that's really that kind of like narrows it. That's like saying the as as, as Charlie Brooker once said. That's like saying the Godfather's about a dodgy Italians. There's, you know, <laughs> there's a lot more to it than that. You know, it's it's, yeah. it's 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 basically you know the Colombian drug thing, Pablo Escobar and all that, and yeah. how America was kind of involved. Um, it, it completely skips over the fact that the CIA were you know. Um, funding funding it and, 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 and shipping all the drugs into the USA, but we won't go there. Not now, not on this cast. Uh, but Crack epidemic, that. man. Prince Andrew, though, um, since this has happened now, he's apparently disgusted by his allegations against him, and he's been downgraded from full-blown pedo to serial groper. Okay. <laughs> Who's Prince Andrew? Prince Andrew from over here. He was like... One of the royals. One of yeah, one of the yeah. royals. He's like one of those. Have you not seen, have you not seen this story? B movie royals, is he? I don't know who he is. <laughs> yeah, I guess He's like the woman it. who won. Uh, I want, wants to be millionaire. She no, was he, he was married to the royal family, but she wasn't actually royal. The Katie Price of the royal family. Mind you, he's a, he's a prince, so he's. He's married to Sarah Ferguson, wasn't he? He was. Uh, um, who the fucking hell is Sarah Ferguson? Fergie, the, gin, the ginger one. Fergie from Black I don't know anything, son. No, Christ. pissed herself on stage. You know, you must be aware of this, surely, son. Oh, that must be a little rock or something. Then you must be aware of that. I'm not, genuinely. I don't know who Prince Andrew is. I can't help you then, sorry. They made a Prince... Um, they made a... No, it was, the, it was the old guy who crashed his Land Rover. They made a joke about him in my speeding course the other day. Prince Philip? Prince Philip, yeah. Was like, if only Prince idiot. Philip would come to one of these. And everyone was like... Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, your Audi joke fell flat. And my Audi joke <laughs> fell flat. They, asked, they said, so what stresses you out when you're driving? They said, Audi drivers and the entire room. Just like room crickets. full of Audi drivers. <laughs> 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 and then we had to do like, a partner up with someone. And I partnered up with this like farmer guy from Abergavenny. And he goes, well, my favourite thing to do when I'm driving is to drive my Audi Quattro at speed. <laughs> I was like, yeah, you're really funny, mate. Um, anyway, um, before we move on, I just want to... Um, just quickly address the brews we're drinking today. Very special day. Uh, I'm drinking the uh, me and Burrow are drinking the Brewdog versus not Brewdog and Cloudwater. Brewdog versus Cloudwater. Quite hostile, that is. It is very because, <laughs> like, I think they on Twitter these guys hate each other. So I'm very interested to in the fact that they've brewed a beer together. It is, of course, a New England IPA because it's trendy beer. Um, is this tr- like PS versus Xbox of the beer yeah, world? I guess it is. Yeah, it's like the companies. If you're talking about, if you're talking about guys, if you're talking about. It's like Linux versus Windows. Like these, are, Brewdog is Windows, Cloudwater is Linux. Or what else is like? <laughs> I don't know. It's like someone from like ECW or below level wrestling versus Triple H. You know, it's like that kind of level of. Do, do we pass me a glass over? That was and such a butchered fucking. Comparison. I don't know wrestling. Wrestling. <laughs> wrestling. I don't know my wrestling. I know it'd be like someone from Ring of Honor going to WWE. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's like yeah. it's like the underdog fighting. Or the, the the really trendy and popular and very rich underdog fighting a monolith of beer. Um, yeah, there we go. Um, so, yeah, that, that, yeah, I've rambled way too much. What are you drinking, Rich, on today's cast? Uh, I'm drinking the Paul and a Weiss beer. Um, just a decent brew, really. So I've had it plenty of times before now. Paul and Weiss. It's reliable. You've got a very interesting-looking brew, Bess, on the... Um, yeah, it's, i got a... Spinning me out. Non-alcoholic, hoppy lager, Brooklyn special effects... 0.4%. It's because you get a stone just looking at the bottle. Oh, I know, it's fucking trippy, isn't it? Jesus juice, is it, son? Jesus juice, yeah. Bit of Jeezy. Uh, Bit of Yeezy. 
yeah pictures of these will be up on our instagram uh when this goes live hopefully so those those pictures are really well is is it the tags you're including or oh, instagram loves people pictures love instagram loves beer yeah, man yeah yeah it's, oh no doubt it's the beer elite is on instagram it really is yeah instagram and twitter shall i introduce the episode i think i'm gonna you better add this but yeah, yeah get on to the uh today's topic like yeah as i said before uh, this is a mystery cast before. i've got before i've got <laughs> maybe three mysteries i think it is and sean's done one uh i was gonna look into the one sean done but i remember that he had previously studied up on it so i handed it over to him which yeah. he has graciously accepted to lighten the load for myself not a problem not an issue and now we delve into the world Russia, Siberia, in the Ural Mountains, 1st of February, 1959. Nine experienced hikers died under suspicious circumstances. There was a tenth hiker of which turned around halfway through due to ill health. The bodies were found on February the 26th, 25 days later. The hikers were all students at Ural Polytechnic Institute who set off on the trip under the guidance of Igor Dyatlov, a fifth-year student. This 16-day itinerary across the Ural Mountains was approximately 300 miles to another mountain called Orthorton, though they would never reach their destination. Very spooky. Can, can I ask him, um, did, did, the, did the person that turned back, he survive, did he? Uh, yeah, yeah. I, he, he turned back by himself and went off and... Yeah, I got a little bit on that coming up now. Okay, yeah, that's no problem. Uh, they never reached their destination. The institute itself had raided the students, except for Zolotaryov. Oh, sorry for the uh, pronunciation of the names. Some of these Russian names are insane. Uh, they were all experienced grade 2 hikers, and on completion of the hike, they would achieve the grade 3 certificate, which is the highest grade available, allowing them to be a master of sports and teach, the, you know, teach hiking as a course. But Zolotaryov already had his grade three, so he was already up there, boys. He's like the he's up there, boys, is it? Up there, boys. Hiking, up boots, among them. hiking boots plus two against snowy terrain. <laughs> Apparently not. <laughs> <laughs> After travelling many days across country by train, they arrived at a place named Sector 41 on January the 26th. There they spent the night. The following day, they travelled up the frozen Lobsva River to arrive at a geological site. At this point, the 10th hiker had to stop and turn around due to illness and rheumatism. So yeah, he survived, he buggered off all he, needed. He, why are even the Russian mountains sound terrifying? We are here now, <laughs> in the beautiful Sector 41. Why, <laughs> why does it have that name? That's amazing. <laughs> well, there's something even better coming up with that, aren't we? Uh, January the 29th, the group reached the beginning of their final hike, and on January the 30th, they went across a tributary to the Rovsva River, River, following the Ospia to the base of an unnamed mountain marked on maps, just as Height 1079. Before the ascent, the group set up camp and created a cache where they stored extra supplies to lighten the load of their journey and their climb. 1st of February, they began their ascent. Visibility was reduced and journey had become difficult due to weather conditions on the mountain. Ego called the group to a stop. It is said that the group set up camp on the slope, made dinner after a long day's hike and settled into the tents by 5.30pm. There they worked on a fake newspaper called the Daily Orthorton, which is like a parody newspaper, documenting their previous journey together. There were also photographs found in which everybody appeared to be in good spirits. Here's where it gets weird, because something happens that is still yet to be explained properly to these hikers, causing them to flee into freezing conditions in nothing more than, well, underwear or sleepwear. Any questions so far? Are we all good? Yeah. Oh, you all good? When, you, when you say parody paper, is it like a, like a school paper? 
essentially yeah, they yeah, their they, own kind of it was like, like a like a diary of, of what was going on and yeah. they included the okay the goings on of it or were they making like a, like a a social critique like private eye and they were knocked off for that reason possibly <laughs> could well have been <laughs> could well have been uh, fast forwarding now uh, what is it two weeks February the 26th Two other students from the same institute set out to look for their friends as nobody had heard anything from them in, in this last couple of days. They arrived at the base of the unnamed mountain, now called Kolat Siakal, named by the Mansi tribe in the area, meaning dead mountain, because nothing grows there. The unbroken virgin snow blanketed the mountain. Time was against them and they were about to turn around until one of them spotted a dark patch halfway up the mountain which contrasted with the pure snow. They found the abandoned tent and noticed that it had been ripped. Forensic examination would later reveal that the tent was strangely cut from the inside out. Everything else seemed to be in order. The tent was insulated with jackets and backpacks. Shoes had been arranged at the front of the tent. Clothing and blankets were placed on the floor of the tent as insulation from the ground. Personal items had been stowed and a wood axe and saw lay at the back of the tent. But there were no bodies found within the torn shelter. Okay. Yeah. After, after witnessing that, the two men became a bit more elated, thinking, oh, you know, they're fine, they just bug it off somewhere else, isn't But, uh... That apparently wasn't the case. <laughs> the two set up camp nearby and awaited the arrival of the additional volunteers as well as the Russian military personnel the next day. The surrounded snow was covered in footprints of eight or nine people heading down the mountain in a sporadic pattern, indicating panic or struggle. Some were wearing socks, some were wearing only one shoe, one was wearing nothing at all. And keep in mind that these are freezing conditions. Nothing at all. Nothing at all. When <laughs> <laughs> I was right, then I had a chuckle. <laughs> <laughs> the tracks fanned out, splintering footprints, only to regroup further on. Here the tracks indicated the group, the group had regained composure and were walking in a calm manner, almost in a line. Some footprints directed the searchers towards a tree, my, tree line over a mile away on the opposite side of the pass. There they found a campsite next to a tree in which the branches had been broken off up to about five metres high, suggested that somebody had tried to climb it. February the 27th. You're a guest to like, eat each individual person's... Uh, well, what happened to them after death, I guess. February the 27th. Yuri Dorshenko. The body of Yuri Doryshenko was discovered close to the tree in which the campfire was made. Yuri was described as well-built and known to be a brave man, chasing off a bear that got too close to camp on previous expeditions, so he didn't give no fucks. He was found with minor cuts and bruises all over his body, and his nose, lips and one of his ears were covered in blood. His lips were swollen, indicating that he may have been hit in the mouth. The grey foam-like substance surrounded his cheeks, caused by fluid on the lungs due to a possible heart condition. His right temple and one of his feet had been burnt. He was found wearing nothing more than his underwear and the cause of death was listed as hypothermia. So he was just a couple of miles down the road. Uh, no, he was a mile down the road in the tree line from the original camp. Right, right. Not too far. Nobody knows why. Minor, uh, Yuri Krivonoshenko. I think that was one of the hardest names to pronounce. I'll hand it down. Minor cuts and bruises were found on his abdomen and limbs. The tip of his nose was missing. A chunk of flesh had been torn off a muscle on the back of his hand, back of his left hand, which was later found inside his mouth. Speculation surrounding this says that he could have bitten himself to stay awake during the freezing nights or possibly to stifle a cry and remain hidden. Both of his hands had suffered burns and he again was found wearing nothing more than his underwear and the cause of death was listed as hypothermia. 
From where they were found, the original campsite was obscured by terrain, and the broken bank branches next to the campfire suggested that one of them climbed it to check if the campfire, uh, the original campsite was safe to return to. Third body discovered wasn't with these two. Uh, it was of Igor Dyatlov, the expedition leader, and of who the mystery is now named after, which is Dyatlov Pass. His body was... Ah. Who's crying? We're on the floor, son. Who's crying? Is that Mabel? Yeah, we're on the floor. Ah, Mabel. <laughs> Dyatlov's body was found the same day as the previous two, 300 metres up the slope facing the direction of the tent. He was found covered in snow, laying face up with his hands clasped and his arms pressed tightly against his chest, with cuts and minor bruises consistent with the other two bodies. His lips were bloodied and he was missing an incisor. Coroner reports that the cuts on his hands resembled those which he'd sustain in a fist fight. He again was found wearing nothing more than underwear, and cause of death was listed as hypothermia. I see a recurring theme. Yeah. 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 So always the, always the, the minor cuts and bruises. Yeah, but it's not. I, I was. I was referring to the uh, cause of death being hypothermia. hypothermia. But like, yeah. I guess yeah, if yeah, a bunch yeah. of people die out in the snow. It's going to be hypothermia. Yeah, right? it's like even if a bear yeah, attacks you when you left, like yeah. dying. Yeah, for all the injuries kind of, I'll uh, let you the, the people before I go say any more. Do, do you want to try and read that name? Comrades. Zenaida Kolmogorova. Tennis player, she's nice. nice. <laughs> Zenaida Kolmogorova, yeah. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. Um... Uh, she was the first hiker, not the last hiker, found on that day. She was discovered face down 630 metres from the campfire near the tree line in which the first two hikers were found. Seems that she, like the Diatlov, uh, was also attempting to make her way back to the original campsite. Her body was covered in cuts and bruises consistent with the other bodies again, yeah, but she yeah. was found with a foot-long bruise on her lower right lumbar, which looked as though she'd been hit with a baton or a melee stick. That's, that's down, down by there, down by your, just above your thigh, I guess, above your arse. Like. Coroner states that she was not sexually active, so she weren't the victim of a love triangle, you know, it was nothing yeah, sexually insane. Yeah, it was yeah. no, yeah. 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 Okay. Uh, she was found dressed slightly more prepared than the other hikers, but still not suitable for the conditions, and the cause of death again listed as hypothermia. Next up is a bit of a time jump again, Rustam Slobodan. Slobodan? Slobodan 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 His body remained hidden until March the 5th He was found face down 480 metres from the campfire near the tree line Almost in between the bodies of Zena and Igor And similarly Similarly seemed to be attempting to make his way back to campsite He was one of the only hikers found wearing footwear With a boot on his right foot He had minor cuts and bruises all over his body And also reports of a fractured skull But the fracture wasn't enough to cause his death he was also found dressed slightly more prepared, but still definitely unsuitable for conditions. I'm pretty sure you can guess the cause the of cause death. of death. Minor cuts and bruises and hypothermia. <laughs> there we go. <laughs> Minor <laughs> cuts and bruises are the cause of death. <laughs> death by a thousand. <laughs> death by a thousand cuts, yeah, Leng Shi. Besides Diatlov, it was discovered that someone or something had moved the bodies after death. They were found face down, but reports indicate that they died face up. Two months later... That was a time jump noise. Right, right. <laughs> a Mansi native, which is like, a Mansi is um, indigenous people, like, you know... Uh, like Native Americans. Native Americans, Native yeah. Native yeah. Russians. Yeah, the Native, Native Russians. Russians. I get, like, the, the yeah, shippers and stuff like that. Yeah, I kind of, so. I kind of wrong part of the world, but... They must be fucking hard people living up there like that, though. Well, look at the whole, like, Siberians and stuff. Those people are, like, they live in, you know... 
Arctic conditions. The Inuits as well. Yeah, it's a nice one. Fair play, like. Slightly different part of the world, the Inuits. Yeah, 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 same same shit. Same shit. Two months later, a Mansi native noticed a trail leading into the woods where the first two bodies were found. This led the rescue team to a ravine 75 metres into the woods where a pair of black cotton pants were found. Should have brought a spare pair. On the 5th of May, the rescuers managed to dig the snow from the six-foot ravine to discover the remaining four bodies. The bodies were dressed more appropriately for the conditions, and it was discovered that only one of them had died of hypothermia, as it slowly became apparent that they had taken clothes from the first two bodies under the tree. It seems as though the remaining four hikers had attempted to hastily make shelter within the ravine, as they were wearing clothes of the first two bodies, so it's safe to assume that this happened prior to the death of their friends and they survived for some time after entering the ravine. The only person found to have died of hypothermia within there was Alexander Kolovatov. Uh, he was also found to have sustained a broken nose, a deformed neck, and was missing both of his eyes and the soft tissue around them. There was a large wound behind his left ear. What's stranger yet is that his clothing was found to be slightly radioactive. Really, yeah. Yeah. Oh, that's, that's the one I guess they're all fucking weird that is beyond weird the radioactivity like what is oh, that yeah, what do you make of that uh, death claws oh I wouldn't be surprised death claws did it you're right I'm not doing another bloody reactor it's fine Joe there's no problem with the fine. your expedition party is not there you're not seeing one because it's not there comrade Diatlov <laughs> The hypothermia is fine. <laughs> Your frozen limbs are fine. <laughs> Alexander Zolotaryov. The second hiker found in the ravine was huddled next to Kolovatov, back to chest, seemingly in, a, in, in uh, seemingly in an embrace to retain heat. Listed cause of death was a crushing injury to his chest. So how could a man huddled with another person with his chest to his back be found to have his chest crushed in? The bones at the top half of his ribcage had been fractured and there was a large open wound on the right side of his head, exposing bone. He was also found to be missing his eyes and his eyelids. He was clutching a pen and paper but died before he could write anything down. That so would have changed eye, everything. The eyes and eyelids, yeah. that's got to be post... Post... Post-mortem. You, you'd hope. Like some... Like fox or something. Yeah. Siberian wolves. Sure. Well, that's like. the thing. The area was not... Said to be populated by many predators, but nothing, cold, nothing lives there. Yeah. So what is what is removing the eyes before death? That's the question. Before death, it's like some event horizon and shit. That is. Whack them out. Like you don't need your eyes to see. So what's like in uh, in is it Egypt and other places where they put coins on the eyes when they die? Yeah. Oh yeah. So what's that for? Get us in uh, King's Landing. Something to do with Anubis. Stones on the eyes. Yeah. Is it? Mm. It's the sight that gives you the sight like. into the. Next it's not like to have like money when you get to the other side or something. Is it? Oh, I don't know. I, think, I was, I was talking about the stones, sorry, not the coins. The coins might be. I'm not sure. Vikings used to bury their own gold so they'd have it on the other side, like. So, so that's why there's so many like ancient Viking. Again, with the Egyptians are like the, the the top top, you know, the top top dawn dogs of mm. Egypt. They bury them, like with their entire estate, including their yeah. servants, yeah, yeah, yeah. alive, <laughs> trapped in the tomb, like yeah. mental. But like life wasn't the end for the the Egyptians, was it? They were like chucked into just a different state of being, I guess. Like heaven will be, but it was like real for them. This yeah. name I cannot pronounce. Does anyone want to? I'll have a gun. You know, I'm the gun. Top of the 
Nikolai Thibault Brigole. That ain't right, but Brigole. That Br- looks um, Brigole. That don't look Russian. That surname. It looks like it looks French. Yeah, it does no. look very French. Yeah. Brigole. Brigole. Brig. His name's Brig. <laughs> <laughs> the third body discovered in the ravine was uh, found about two meters away from the Alexanders. He had died of an impact of the skull shattering his temporal bone, which would have rendered him unable to move. Zolotaryov and Brig were the only two members of the expedition found wearing footwear. Lyudmila Dubenina. Her body was found, this is the last body, uh, her body was found just a metre away from the other three. She had suffered a crushing chest impact, breaking all but eight of her ribs. Her eyes, tongue and soft tissue around her surrounding mouth and eyelids were missing. The coroner reports a massive amount of blood in her stomach, which suggests that her tongue may have been removed when she was still alive. Her clothes were found to be slightly radioactive, and radio- uh, radiation has since been found in and around the areas of the Atlov Pass, but nowhere near the amount that was on their clothes. Regarding three of the four bodies found in the ravine, Dubanina, Zolotaryov and Brig, their injuries weren't consistent with blunt force or any weapon strike. The coroner said that the injuries were similarly sustained in an explosion or a car crash. Fast blowing impact on a large scale. In following reports, none of the hikers were found to be intoxicated. Which I also found a bit weird, because you're going to go on a hike, you're going to have to take a brew with you, I guess. So there, there, was, there, was, there was two, two females yeah. and, and yeah, the rest were men, were there? Two females, the rest were men. Yeah. Yeah. There was no, nothing, nothing weird nothing going, going on with females. On. Like, no, no, they hadn't been raped or abused. No, no, no. Or, like no. you said, they aren't sexually active. Was that for both of them as well? Pardon? Was that for both of them? That's for both of them, yeah. But I'm not mm. sure about the second one not being sexually active, but there was nothing to indicate that there was any kind of foul play. Yeah. Coroner reports that coroner reports the fractured and broken bones were caused by intense pressure or impact that, that even falling from six meters would not have caused. So stating the most important question, why do you think they left the tent in the first place? Why do you think they left it in the way that they did, as in not from the entrance and through a gap in the side? How did they come to sustain the injuries that led to the death and why was some clothing radioactive? What do you think happened? Well, someone let off when I was so bad that they were cutting their way out of the tent. <laughs> and then they just ran into the woods because the smell was so bad and they all froze to death. Chasing them down the hill. Like. And that's why everything was radioactive as well. Well, yeah, exactly. <laughs> Mystery solved. Yeah. <laughs> but no, I have no fucking idea. Like, my two joke answers are someone farted and then the death clothes got him. But, um, it does it, sound like an episode that would be on the X-Files, perhaps. That's very similar to something that would be on the X-Files. What would Jonathan Frakes say about this? Um, Why were the clothes radioactive? <laughs> yeah, yeah, he, he question a few things. Could a radioactive sweatshirt tell us the answers? <laughs> um, I, 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 this is one of the better ones, and it's probably a kind to start with as well, because I have no fucking idea. Aliens. I have no suggestion. I have no to, idea. To, to coin a, a Did you say meme. aliens? Aliens. Right. One common theory, <laughs> alien abduction. Hey. Another hiking team from a few miles from the Atlovs group reported lights in the sky on February the 1st. This allegation was backed by locals who also report seeing the same thing, orbs in the sky over the same area. The Mansi tribe people say that the area is co- uh, say that, that phenomena is common to the Ural Mountains. The final photograph from the team's camera captures what appears to be a blurry orb, a floating object in the night sky. A second camera also captures the same picture but in multiple photographs. Lev Ivanov said many years later that the Russian government had pressured him into redacting any mention of UFOs from the final report, especially indications of particular scorch marks in and around the tree lines, as well as some of the top, uh, the tops of the trees. 
possible hint of energy or heat-based weapons firing at the hikers. State of the bodies also bore similarity to the mutilation of cattle found around the globe during alien abductions. So it's got a bit of weight to it, I mean, the alien abduction thing. Uh, just just to, to ask everyone. Uh, nice. Uh, does anyone here actually believe in aliens? Yes. I believe in in that we are not alone in it'd, the it'd multiverse. Be, it'd be ridiculous to say there's no other life out there in the billions of galaxies and solar systems. I don't know if I believe in greys, though. As Alex Jones says, the greys are cyborgs wow. um, and manufactured by the government. But it's... Uh, I don't believe in like the yon stereotypical alien. No, 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 no maybe no, no, some like microbial life. Little green man, fucking Kodos and Cat. That's, that's just for films. That is it. The greys and stuff. And, and uh, it, all, it all came from the Roswell thing and the bodies yeah. they apparently pulled from spacecraft in the sixties and seventies or whatever the fuck. Okay. But um, I, as a rule, no anything that involves aliens and UFOs. I'm like, oh fuck me. Yeah, I transdimensional like, space lizards. We're all game. But. I always, I always think that, like you, I don't believe we're alone. It's stupid to think that we are. Exactly, it's but ridiculous to think. What's to, to say that there is other life out there? But they're behind us, and we're actually the most advanced. Exactly. Yeah. You know, God help the, the prank prank know, Exactly. Right. We're the most distracted and inconsequential people to ever call ourselves a superpower. And we are the leading force in the fucking universe. That's terrifying. The leading force. Everyone's on Instagram. You know, what's happening in the stars? Who cares? Fucking Kendall Jenner's like, done something. Like that episode <laughs> of the Orville where they go to that planet where everything is uh, socially ranked. Like you China. Know, I still haven't seen Oh, yeah, that's though. terrifying. China is fucking terrifying, though, with respect. Especially this Hong Kong thing that's kicking off right now. Oh, did you see them riots? Yeah, yeah. It was live on the news. They've been going for fucking ages now. What daytime telly that was. Police battering people with a club. They're hiring the triad, though. Ah, it's fucking fucking wild. I remember reading something on Reddit that triads were instigating the riots, as in they were coming in. What would you call that? No, they were fighting the riots. Also, the rioters. Like a paid crowd. Yeah, they're they're on the police's side, the the triad. Like like paid actors, like like a crowd for hire. But did you notice? I don't know if any of you watched the the thing live when it was happening no. when the police were going in they were going in in little groups and they were targeting certain areas as a group so they right. knew exactly where the people they needed to arrest were ah. because people who were dressed as press weren't actually press and they were feeding information to the police shit yeah so, I've heard because press police. press had access everywhere because like BBC was fucking all over it like and they were like the guy who uh, this guy in the cameraman and he was basically saying, like, oh, film over there, film over there, film over there, shit like that. And, um, but, yeah, you could see the police all huddled in a group, going through and just anyone getting in their way, just clubbing them out of the way and then getting this person. There was one person who they grabbed, who tried running away, and literally it was about five police officers just beating just him on the floor. Him, yeah. just like, fucking hell. See, when, they, when they all kicked off at the airport, like, there's this video of they're all running away from the police and this policeman just fucking starts smashing the fuck out of this woman. just on her own. She's falling over and he's just beating the fuck out of her. And then... Like five protesters all just jump on the police and just fucking smash back out of him. So it's just like, yeah, I it's, love it's seeing wild. those videos last week. Yeah, it's, it's good because he's like, yes, but then you know the woman's already had her head beaten into yeah. the bat, and at that point yeah. you're like, well, well, damage is done, you know. And obviously the wider social implications. But anyway, um, uh, the Diablo Pass, um, no protests. Yeah, well, if, if if no one knows what's going on in the, in the Hong Kong, what happened was two lovers from Hong Kong travelled to China. Uh, one of them murdered the other one, then they went back to Hong Kong, and then China tried to use the powers of extradition yeah. against Hong Kong and nobody was having any of it. The thing is, though, is that now the, the Hong Kong government has, has said we're not going to... Not going to back down, like, n- not having any of it. 
I thought they said that they. I thought they. I thought they'd said that that we're going to repeal this extradition bill. And not, I think not, the, pro, the pro, protest is still continuing due to the general. Uh, China are still rolling in like APCs and things. It's a ballsy move going up here to Chinese government. Fuck yeah, <laughs> yeah. But that's Hong Kong's not. We gifted Hong Kong. We we like set them up on their own, and then in a couple of years, I think it was 2040, they were going to be handed over to China. But at the moment, they're on their own, so. I don't see why China thinks they've got any fucking right to go there. Like, phrase me. I mean, isn't is Hong Kong the the place the, of an example of how to make like a a stable financial economic system? Is well, it's pretty pretty isolated on a global scale. It's yeah, but like it's, thing, it's well run, though, isn't it? As far as I know, I've never been. It's, it's a financial capital of the world, or one yeah, of one of yeah. You know, I'm sure it's like an example place, like where they should, ex- you know hope to to emulate any country like especially china 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 (laughs) just doing it their own and doing it right yeah back to the atlov uh avalanche Mm. the atlov and zolotaryov were the uh, professional they were professional hikers at that point so any possibility of an avalanche on the slope that they set up camping would have been enough for them to relocate before they set up and an avalanche would have left uh, evidence anyway it would have covered up the footprints of the group as they were yeah. Like running away and things. There wouldn't be an avalanche. That's no, it's just, not a chance. No, uh, infrasound. Like you messaged earlier, uh, Donny Icar in a 2013 book called Dead Mountain said that uh, infrasound is an ultra low frequency sound wave which has extreme negative effects on the human body, causing nausea, panic, and dread, and even possible to make someone hallucinate. Ica said that the group could have possibly been exposed to such waves during their rest in the tent, bringing with it the build-up of panic and dread, triggering and triggering like a flight response, causing them to act irrationally and leave the tent without consideration for how they survive afterwards. Experts have also said that the area around, uh, if the conditions were just right, the smooth slope would be perfect conditions for such waves to manifest. So that's like natural infrasound. Is it? There's man-made kind of yeah, energy weapons, weapons isn't it? And like you know, all this. Well, it's not directly related to harp and all that, but like you can manipulate. Well, you, you said it there. Direct energy weapons like infrasound and stuff can manipulate people's emotions and what have you. Even sound waves of certain frequencies can cause certain emotions and brown noise. Even brown noise. <laughs> yeah, even gen- brown noise. Brown noise. Like even genuine physical. Alterations to the body from sound and stuff. So when you that's get a myth, that is though, no? brown noise. Yeah. Is it really? It doesn't make you shit yourself. No. <laughs> I've seen sound oh twice. I am shat three times. I am shat myself. So <laughs> yet, I'm going to see him again in October. The South Park episode's quality with it though. We Yoko Ono in it. I remember. And they change. Are they playing the flute? Yeah, because so. it's, isn't it like all the schools from the USA meet in this one place and they change the one note on the sheet music <laughs> to the brown note, and then everyone on the world shits their pants. Nice. Same episode that Mr. Mackey is uh, trying to get his, his dad to rape him because he never raped him as a child. What the fuck? I so fucking. Oh, man. Yeah. Are they still going? Yeah. New series soon. South Park, yeah, of course. They, it's endless, isn't it? So it's not been as running as long as The Simpsons, but it was like seven, eight years behind The Simpsons. It's like seven, eight? Yeah. Like they that. had a hashtag though, on the last season, it was like cancel South Park. Yeah. Didn't want that. <laughs> 
I think they might have had enough. Was that their own self, own hashtag? Yeah, on the end of their episode when the credits Matt were rolling. Stone and Trey Parker don't want to do South Park anymore. Ah, but so Comedy Central, Central. Central. Yeah, yeah, Comedy Central keeps throwing money at them, <laughs> and they're like, "Oh God, fine." That's why they. How do dare like, we have a, 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 a successful talent? What do they do? What else do they do? They, I know do, they made a lot of like films and stuff. They did Broadway. Yeah. They did films. They do writing. So what would they do now if if South Park went? What would be the thing that they were doing? Yeah, they would probably do more Broadway stuff. Like plays and stuff. Yeah. <laughs> Fucking hell. Obviously, you need to watch the Book of Mormon. Um, the Mansi tribe. You know those, those the, the natives I was on about. The what people, now? The, the natives uh, the in, in Diatlov. Back to Diatlov. <laughs> Quite a few tangents. But people say that they were uh, killed by the Mansi tribe, which the mountain is of uh, spiritual significance for them. But there were no extra footprints found in the snow, no money or belongings taken. All the clothes are still there, so that doesn't really hold up. And it is Russia, you got to remember. So people say that it was a stage cover-up for secret weapons testing. This was a long time back, so it wasn't any, like, uh, super weapons. Uh, there's a theory that the Russian military had been known to test weapons in the area, including floating mines. Mines with parachutes. Floating mines. Floating mines. Oh, it's not as, not as cool as it sounds. <laughs> mines with parachutes strapped to them that detonate a metre above the ground. The mines could have detonated above or close to the tent, causing injury or panic, but there's no evidence of the surrounding area again. No, that one, would, that one wouldn't fly at all. No, especially with the injuries, like missing eyes yeah. and tongue and shit. Like, you surely yeah, a floating fuck. mine would like, what about you to smithereens. You know you said... Not that yeah, but it's gone, like... Oh, excuse me. You know you said about the, uh, the mountain having significance, the Amantis. The Amantis, yeah. What about some sort of spiritual ghost for the... Oh, see, I, I saw that. I've Ancestral got, ghost, was it, son? Hmm. I've got the title that says Haunted or Ghost Spirits, but I didn't expand on that one. <laughs> I should have fucking expanded. There's every chance. I mean, why not? Mm. Uh, there are other places that are haunted. And, why not a mountain? Yeah, stuff like that. Yeah. There was, I, I read something the other day, for example, sorry to go off on another tangent. Ah, that's cool. Um, about this, these t- uh, two people were queuing, uh, like a two friends boy and girl and they were queuing to go into this haunted house Some, it's like 2013 2014 right did you see a ghost it was in America and um, and this woman appeared sort of next to them not like out of the blue but like you know she just came up to them and said oh is this to the girls like oh is this is this guy bothering you right and she you know she was dressed in like the proper clothes of like the old time clothes so the girl thought she was like a an Worked there, like. and um, and she was like oh, oh yeah he is playing along and all that and she's like, well, why don't you stab him then? <laughs> Fuck! Give him a knife. Give her a knife, rather. And um, and playing along, she thought it was, you know, the knives that you like, stab. And oh, yeah, they retract into the Yeah, helper. so, they, uh, so she, she grabbed it and she stabbed his hand. No! And uh, obviously, <laughs> obviously just stabbed him. Like, and, and he uh, ended up being a ghost. He was a ghost. But yeah, um, no one has any record of that woman working there. There's n- no one knows who she is Fuck. to this day. They never saw her after that. Didn't like she was gone when they looked back. But she just stabbed for no reason. Fuck it all. It's crazy. I wish I, I wish I remembered the place now. Yeah, it's a, it a, a thing. Like I'll have a look uh, later on. So do, is it? Sorry, go on. No, no, no. No, no. I was going to go back to Diatlov, man. If you want to say something. I know. That. I bet the security camera for that looked mental. Like, you know, just, just a knife appearing in her hand. Yeah. And fucking stab. Like. Mental. Right. So with Diatlov, is there one explanation or theory that stands out more than the others? That's plausible. Um, well, the last one in the common theories was espionage, which is a bit more down to earth. Uh, some people believe that a certain member of the hiking expedition could have been a spy and that the meeting place was over the other side of the mountain of the Ototans. 
and it was found out during like halfway through the expedition that they were doing this and obviously the communist russia weren't too keen on letting secrets get out they were all from like a uh, quite a high university see the uh euro uni was apparently pretty big but the latest accepted theory was in january 2019 so that's earlier this year that is quite it's a while ago this dialogue thing the Dyatlov, yeah. It yeah. Was, uh, so it's strange that the thieves are coming out like this. this Still now, no, yeah. to this day, 1959. It's Russia, and they got to keep everything hush hush. Oh, mother as long as they can. Russia. There is no mountain. There is no mountain. The mountain is fine. The mountain is fine. Yeah, January 2019, um, along with two other hiking experts, Rich, uh, these are Swedish names again, uh, Richard Holmengren and Andreas Lilligren. Uh, they set out to retrace and recreate the steps and experiences of the Dyatlov group in an attempt to uh, uncover the truth That's about brief. the incident that, that occurred 60 <laughs> years prior. Very fucking brave. Do, uh, they only took like bare minimal equipment with them as well, which is it's just asking for trouble. Yeah, it literally is, isn't it? During the expedition, <laughs> the group encountered sudden and unexpected dangerous weather conditions. The night the following, the night that followed the recreation, the team had learned that the temperature had yet again dropped another 15 degrees centigrade, nice. leaving the expedition to believe that the Atlov's group had been caught unaware in conditions that were already unsustainable. The type of weather pattern is called a cat. Ah, oh, fuck. Catabatic wind, that's the fucker. Catabatic w- uh, wind occurs... Not ethereal wind, then. Not ethereal <laughs> wind, no. Catabatic wind occurs when air of a higher density rapidly cooling and increasing in intensity as it makes its way down the slope. There are various degrees of the wind from a cool breeze to possible hurricane conditions. The Holmengren's theory. Dyatlov's group arrived at the campsite and settled in the late afternoon. The first sign of danger from catabatic wind would have been fast and hard hit against the tent of the wind smashing it with gale force winds the wind would have collapsed the tent leaving the entrance difficult to find so they had to cut their way out of the side of the tent knowing that they could repair it when they needed to to save the tent from being carried away the group could have uh, shoveled snow on top of the tent to stop it from being blown away this could have accounted for some bloody hands you know digging in the in the yeah, tough yeah, snow yeah, and yeah. shit digging in the dirt the group then moved to seek shelter towards the trees. The winds could have been strong enough to throw natural debris such as rocks and branches at the hikers during their attempt to find safety, causing possible substantial injury, you know, if it's that fucking strong to kick up rocks. Cuts and bruises. Cuts and bruises. That's it, the minor buggers. Yeah. Holmgren's theorem says that the hikers found frozen on the mountainside had done just that really where in nothing more than they sleep where the brutal conditions were just too much for them they collapsed and were frozen where they fell Holmgren I can't say his name <laughs> Holmgren Holmgren Mark Holmgren Mark Holmgren believes that the remaining six perhaps unwillingly or on purpose dividing themselves into two groups Doroshenko and Krivonoshenko took lead creating the fire uh, which is where they were found under the branch uh, the tree with the branches snapped whereas the remaining four carried on into the trees to create whatever shelter they could assemble. The burns on the bodies of Doroshenko and Krivonoshenko suggest that the two managed to make the fire before succumbing to the conditions. The biting damage to Krivonoshenko's hand had been an unsuccessful attempt to stay awake until they both eventually slumped forward into the fire, which is why they were found burnt after death. Uh, The fire was obviously meant to keep them alive, not burn the fucker on them. 
The remaining group had secured some form of cover in the ravine, sheltering them from howling winds. Alas, an overhang of snow above the ravine had collapsed and crushed the four as they huddled together at the whole body heat, killing three of them. Dubonina's body was found a short distance from the others, sustaining similar injuries, indicating that she was also a victim of the fallen snow, but had survived long enough to pull herself away or her body was washed away when the snow had melted, only to refreeze again. The missing eyes and soft tissue could have been a result of decomposition from the effects of water after the snow had melted slightly or from the sparse amount of predators in the area. The radioactive clothing could have simply been a result of what the students were studying at the university as one of them was studying something to do with nuclear radiation. And I wish I knew what he was studying because it did say when when I was looking, but I honestly can't remember. Do you think that's plausible? I don't know. It depends what he was doing, I suppose. Man, you think like if he was doing re- nuclear research, like his, his clothes and stuff wouldn't be the ones he generally just wears, you know, out and about, like on a big well, hike. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, it's just like you know, how would your general clothing be radioactive? Surely you'd wear protective clothing whilst doing anything. Like, surely they'd know as well about you know. You said the co- decomposition of the eyes with the snow was covering it. Surely yeah. they could know if that was the cause, not maybe. Yeah, yeah, you'd think we'd do experts and coroners. Like if if the eyes are gouged out, or if they're just rotten, rotten, then there's a massive difference. Yeah, ma- yeah, that's a good shout. Very good point. And her tongue being cut off during when she yeah. she was still alive, she could have bit it off, I guess. Oh, good. Yeah, the snow landing on her head when she was like mid talking. What about the fact that all the most of the clothes are missing now? Well, someone tactical in the tent, so they all ran out of the tent. <laughs> As they've already established, son. The general thought of the time was hypothermia, as many, uh, many like hypothermic bodies are found undressed. So if if you're so cold, uh, right. it's called paradoxical undressing, and due to loss of rationality and nerve damage, they feel incredibly and irrationally hot, so they strip down, even though they're freezing to death. Right. But possibility. Yeah, yeah, but there were no clothes strewn on the ground anyway. They were all set up properly in the tent yeah. like you know yeah I, I can't come to a conclusion on this I think the last, last one from 2019 makes the most sense to me but doesn't cover everything no it's uh, something something or someone <laughs> is uh, hiding something to do with yeah. this there was a yeti <laughs> <laughs> maybe the mountain is like a James Bond villain death base and they just camped on the side of it so you know bad shit happened to them yeah sharks and lasers if this was the opening scene to a James Bond movie that was directed by Quentin Tarantino you'd think nothing of it (laughs) you'd be like oh those teenagers died in sexy and dangerous circumstances and then uh, James Bond comes along and shags all their bodies (laughs) (laughs) a recovered photograph from the group uh, depicts what some believe to be a yeti following them stalking them from tree line to tree line deathclaw the Mansi tribe tells of legends and they absolutely believe that there are such creatures within the area. There was also an article written about a yeti in the fake newspaper, but no footprints were consistent with that of the size of the yeti or even the bear. I don't think your dog's shagging with it, but... Uh, God, can you break up my dog's... Yeah. Thank you. Hey, dog, dog, in they? Steecast doesn't believe in animal sex. <laughs> we will not have it on, 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 on our episode. Selling a nice Sorry. Christian podcast. <laughs> I just want to do a big shout out to Bedtime Stories on YouTube. I was uh, I was researching all this on my own. I found it quite difficult. Then I stumbled across his, his YouTube video and it is fantastic. He's got loads of different 
stories and everything on there. A lot of them seem really creepy, so I'm going to check more of those out. Uh, is anyone else got any theories on this? We'll be ready to push onwards. I, d- I don't have any more thoughts on what it could have been, but this sort of the main reasons that they've given for this, you know, the official statements don't yeah. add up. They don't add up. No, not to me either. <laughs> Back at it. Well, you cracked open there, son. What have we got, girl? I've got my half beer, son. Just my half. It's Jan's. Oh, I don't know if it's half, but I've put that much in. So I think this is the Star City Double IPA from yeah, Four Pillar. Yeah, more car. <laughs> yeah. Oh, fuck. <laughs> <laughs> oh. God, let's just tip beer all over the table. <laughs> no problem. What What are you drinking? And I'm having a little sip of. We've got the um, the so, Star City Double IPA for Pure and Mothership. You said you had your hat. Though. I know. I I did say that, and I realised as you were pouring heavily. Benefit of the tip. You You said you had half. <laughs> so that's exactly half as well. It's nice. It's nice than the Buddha Claro one. It's got a bit more clout to it as well. So, so it's. Uh, Yep. Right. We're going to shoot off to an ad break and we will catch up with you very soon with Sean on the next mystery. Shit, son. Have you had an accident in the last five years that wasn't your fault? We specialise in injuries in the workplace and with over 25 years' experience in the field, we work upon a no win, no fee basis. But don't just take our word for it. A few weeks ago, I shot myself on bus on the way home. That me last spare pair and all. Luckily, I give this lot a call and they sort me right out. Put me back on rat track, you know. Nay hassle or out. All calls are monitored for training and monitoring purposes. Hi, everyone. Thank you for checking out Steecast. If you want any more of us in your life, then head over to our Instagram at Steecast, Twitter at Steecast, and at Facebook.com forward slash Steecast. Your support really means a lot to us. So if you'd like us to talk about a certain subject in one of our future casts, then don't hesitate to let us know. Anyway, let's get back to it. Mm-hmm. Well, so it turns out the alligator's corpse was stuffed with crack cocaine. <laughs> twice. <laughs> it's say twice. Fucking hell. That's brilliant. Anyway, yeah. welcome back. Steecast mystery episode. Um, we're on part two and uh, we're moving swiftly along from the Diatlov situation um, to another one of the, well, not one of, the biggest aviation mysteries I- ever. The biggest aviation mystery, completely unsolved. Um, also feeds into the conspiracy thing because we've been doing a lot of conspiracies here on Steecast. It might be a bit more i'm talking about the malaysia airlines incidents of the year 2014 so there's two of them really close together you had the mh um 370 and mh 17 months apart serious business um so without further ado i'll just crack on and get straight into it and i'll just get read, on it turn. i'll read straight through as a monologue i'll do a jonathan frakes on you before i start i've got a bottle of um something i want to I want to open you because know, I've lost my link. I shouldn't um, have asked you to do this because you're going to do so much better than me. And it's going to <laughs> go on, get, get on. It's a something. completely different story, man. It's, it's not. It's not complicated. Still in Russia, though, isn't it? So what I've, um, what I've, oh no, it's Malaysia and uh, oh, Ukraine. Really? Second one was in Ukraine. I've got a bottle of uh, malt beverage. It's like malt liquor without uh, alcohol in it. So I'm going to pass it around to Steve. So oh, you did actually buy one, did you? I did. It's oh. been ice ice chilled. Does anybody want to try an uh, Ascania malt? Has he got oh, a percentage? No, it's nothing. Completely alcohol-free. It's not alcohol. Well, it's a soft drink. Soft drink made out of malts. So basically, what you make beer out of, but a soft drink. Oh, what the fuck? Oh. 
It smells. It smells like dog uh, dog biscuits. It's like, it's like the Gareth painful fart sample. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> it smells like dog. Have we biscuits. still got that on hand? We got it. It's in the Telegram somewhere. The you got the, you have harsh fart sample. Uh, it's like oh, like it's painful. Like <laughs> have a sip of that malt and tell me what it tastes right, like. Right, give me a glass. That's awful. Just drink it. Drink out nah, the bottle. Nah. <laughs> that's bad that's awful terrible I bought a can of super malt in Bristol once and I had a shock in my life oh Jesus <laughs> terrible isn't it why would anyone it buy that it's like um, like soggy like shredded wheat or something yeah or, um, yeah. it smells like dog biscuits give it a, give it a yeah, whiff it smells like, like dog biscuits yeah like dog biscuity definitely oh fuck that's disgusting <laughs> it does smell like dog hmm. biscuits what Tastes like it too. Fuck. No, it doesn't taste like it. It tastes really bad. So that to me smells like beer before you start brewing it, before you start cooking those malts. Yeah, yeah, you can That's yeah, what it smells. It smells yeah. like Brains Brewery used to smell like when he was in the centre of Cardiff. It lingers at the back of your throat and you can taste it when you breathe. <laughs> when you breathe. See, I've tasted enough of my half-done beer to start liking it. <laughs> madman. Absolute madman. It does taste like dog biscuits and dishwater, though. <laughs> Always try new things here on the Steecast. Yeah. Next week we drink Ariana Gra- Anyway, moving to the film. <laughs> Malaysian <laughs> Airlines. 20, so the year is 2014. Let's talk about first. Let's talk about. Um, let's do it um, in timeline order. The first one, MH370, flight MH370, right? It's a flight that departed from Kuala Lumpur um, heading to Beijing on the 8th of March in 2014. There were 227 passengers on board and 12 members of the crew. The flight was going fairly well. You know, normal flight as you were up in the sky flying along. Bing, that fucking annoying bing noise going all the time like a fucking Star Trek Enterprise. 38 minutes in, right? Just as the flight was leaving Malaysian airspace and was about to switch over communications to Vietnamese air traffic control, all communication with the aircraft ceased completely. During the changeover between the two countries. on there myself. Yeah, so when you're doing... um, when you're flying between air regions, you have to turn frequencies. You change off like one air traffic control frequency for like one country and switch to another one. Then you like got a good, good, good morning Vietnam or whatever. That is actually Vietnam in this case as well. I'm a comedian. Anyway, um, so basically, when they were leaving Malaysian airspace, the uh, Malaysian air traffic controller goes like, uh, "Yeah, we're leaving. You're leaving now. Frequency. Sign over to this frequency for Vietnam. Good night." So the captain goes, "Good night." He actually says goodnight to the Malaysian air traffic controllers, and then no contact was established in Vietnamese air traffic controllers seconds later. It didn't happen. It was when it should have happened. Uh, so around the same time, the plane then disappeared from radar. Again, very suspicious. So this was when people on the ground, your air traffic controllers, etc., first realized something was slightly wrong. The plane was still visible, however, on military radar, which meant that it was highly likely that the regular... regular civilian radar transponder was manually disabled by somebody on the aircraft um, so soon after losing contact with the aircraft oh sorry with the ground the plane deviated massively from its original flight path <coughs> instead banking hard and then turning right and then left erratically so that the flight path was now westward over Malaysia out into the Indian Ocean rather than straight up north towards China and Beijing and so forth. Uh, we know this because, as I said, military radar was able to continue tracking the plane in lieu of the uh, regular air traffic uh, control civilian radar. So it finally lost all radar, including military, finally about an hour later at 2.20am, whilst out over the Indian Ocean, or rather the Adaman Sea, that part of it. Uh, however, later information gleaned from satellites was able to provide further evidence of the plane's movements. 
Oh, tease, I did myself, man. The, um, the ah. old... <laughs> <laughs> Chocolate rain. The OG flight plan, um, so the, the OG flight, essentially, from, from Kuala Lumpur to Beijing, was over five hours long. But the plane had enough fuel for seven and a half hours of flight. It is believed, from information pieced together from satellite communications, that the plane stayed in the air, changed direction again, this time heading south across the Indian Ocean towards, like, Antarctica or whatever, um, and it was it just stayed in a straight line the entire way all the way to the end and it burned out of fuel and fell into so the that's, ocean so that's after the, they dropped off military radar they dropped off military radar after changing direction and flying across Malaysia into the Asian Ocean uh, Indian Ocean and then it changed direction again via the autopilot and um, it stayed in that direction for another five hours and it fell out of the sky um, so it stayed that way entirely until it ran out of fuel and crashed into the sea right so this is where it gets a bit weird. This is where it, it, it well, the whole thing's a bit bizarre, but this is when it gets uh, really strange, the satellite bit. So at 2.25 a.m., three minutes after losing contact with military radar, a log-on request is sent from the plane's satellite data unit to a satellite in space operated by a company called Inmarsat. So what I can glean from the internet, um, this is a telecommunication, telecommunication service to the plane. So it's like what the plane's cockpit, like phone and stuff, operates off so they can always... It's like a mobile phone yeah. for a plane, essentially. So every hour, like, you get alerts and stuff for servers, like ping alerts, or ping down, this server's offline. Basically, that device pinged to the satellite every hour, including GPS information, so they were able to track the plane and keep... Not track it, otherwise they would have found it, but, like, find a general location of where it was pinging from, and they also knew that the plane was obviously still powered up and in yeah. the air because it was pinging. So, from what... Yeah, so blah, 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 blah. Um, after this point, it's not on radar for hours and hours and hours. All you've got is data pings back and forth between the satellite and the unit on the plane, confirming that the plane was airborne and powered up for hours and so forth. Two telephone calls were then made when they discovered this to the plane, trying to get answer in, this, in the cockpit, and both several hours apart, both of them went completely unanswered or ignored. Uh, it is thought that the plane eventually crashed into the Indian Ocean. It just flew and flew and flew for hours in a straight line and then what it just completely disappeared so what happened what happened what the fuck happened well first thing you'd suspect would be the military wouldn't it but i mean if they released this information then they could have just said that when it dropped off the radar that it dropped off military radar itself so i can't see it being them what was the passenger manifest like what's yeah, the, what yeah. sort of people were on here we go here we go all right my first point so just before we begin on these different theories there's absolutely zero tangible evidence that gives enough weight to any of the following theories to put it ahead of the others sure um being hijacked is more probable than being intercepted by aliens but there is absolutely zero proof about what happened to the plane there's zero concrete evidence so for the main one this came out immediately afterwards as well when they checked the passenger manifest it came to light that two passengers on the plane were flying on stolen passports, um, Iranians as well, um, leading to speculation that the disappearance was terrorism-related. Terrorism However, further investigation re revealed that although the duo were indeed flying on stolen passports, they were refugees fleeing Iran on the down low and weren't terrorists, apparently. Um, all the background of every other person on the flight and including like all assets and, and background information, everything on all the crew was seized and gone through with a tooth comb. Nothing was discovered that was untowards regarding anybody on that plane except those two that were flying on stolen passports. But they're if they're fleeing Iran, why were they flying out of fucking Malaysia into China or whatever? Beijing? Was Beijing in China? 
Was it some uh, Beijing's in China? That's the capital. Is it? Yeah. Fucking hell. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not 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 going well as far as geography goes on these on these casts. Like here, my fucking Panama Canal's in China, isn't it? <laughs> so I've heard. <laughs> yeah. So uh, it's been. Again, when, when the, the background of the, the, the crew was on the news, there were several rumours that there was another, it was another suicide flight, like that German Wings one, where that German pilot flew that plane into a mountain full of people. That was only like oh, a couple of years. Oh, yeah, the depression. Lot, yeah. Lot, there's, there's a black box recording of that as well, um, which is harrowing. But he basically locks the... The co-pilot locks the main pilot. So the main pilot goes for a tactical. <laughs> fucking locks him out of the cockpit and just sets the autopilot to naught feet and just flies the fucking plane <laughs> to the ground. Just kills everyone on the plane. Including that we had a history of mental health issues and so forth. But because of patient confidentiality, they couldn't tell anyone, but he was an airline pilot and he killed hundreds of people. Wow. And there was this whole call like in Germany, like, when is it okay to go... Yeah, this bloke's mentally unill, Ill, whatever, you know? Because all his patient files were yeah. confidential. No one knew about it, including the airline. So... Tricky situation. That is. That's another story altogether. Um, so, yeah, so basically, the way the pilot in the MH70 said good night to one air traffic control region, they just switched everything off. That's the way it looks. Kind of looks suspicious. And then the radar shuts down, and they can only assume it was done manually. Um, coupled then with a massive change of course off the mainland across the Gulf of Thailand into China, and that just turned out into the ocean. Uh, and then the route the, which was set down towards Antarctica and that was set on the autopilot did the pilot just set the autopilot and just fly just keep flying until it ran out of fuel and just well, fell it out would have had to have been someone that knows what they're doing for them to go dark the way they did it's such a fucking suspicious chain of events that doesn't, nothing makes any sense you know like you know the, the, I don't know it's fucking fries my head it doesn't make no sense at all it is weird um, debris Supposedly from the plane washed up on islands the other side of the Indian Ocean. A fairly intact flapperon um, <laughs> was discovered. It's one of those things that comes out when you land in and it goes Boo! and all those extra wings come yeah. out. It's like, look at me, bitch, I'm a plane. And it's like uh, <laughs> And then you know, it's like when the pilot just stops going like you know, he's got the autopilot on. When he, the flaperons come out, he's like, yeah, well, I'm fucking landing, man. I'm going to turn left. Then I'm going to turn right. I'm going to drop 100 feet. Until you know. the wheels just hit. Yeah, and they're like, are we landing then, boys? Yeah. <laughs> you know, you go through the clouds. Yeah. like, oh, shit. I'm above some random red row estate outside Bristol <laughs> Airport. And then all of a sudden, it's like, <laughs> tires down. Yeah, but that's essentially, if a flaperons were out, then he'd be flying manually or landing or doing some sort of maneuver. Precision maneuvering. Exactly. The flaperons were retracted. One was found whole. I mean, washed up thousands hundreds thousands of miles away on the other side on the like Madagascar that type of coast of Africa so a long fucking way away um, so the condition of that flat on indicated that it hadn't been extended for landing landing or manoeuvring leading to the rather harrowing belief that the plane simply fell out of the sky and nosedived into the ocean oh, vertically oh, uh, <laughs> the likelihood of the plane and its contents being reduced to fucking smithereens is uh, held weight because of the inability to fucking find any yeah. Anything at all, yeah. um, other than random bits of uh, bits of shit floating around. Um, another similar theory to the hijacking one, but again, it's it's not hijacking. But is to explain why the plane was still in the air. It was that there was some sort of decompression at at at, at cruising altitude. Um, at which point, 
if there wasn't explosive decompression, which would just suck everyone out of the plane, there would be like gradual decompression, which would result in hypoxia, which is like oxygen Lux, starvation yeah, or whatever. Yeah. So it would render everyone on board unconscious. Everything would freeze inside the plane. This happened. There are air, air, air accidents and stuff that has happened with the plane has leaked and everything's got, the atmosphere has got inside and everyone's been knocked unconscious and the plane has crashed. Um, so this would explain why the plane would keep flying until it eventually ran out of fuel and just fell out of the sky, but yeah. it wouldn't e- explain why the radar was switched off or why it the changed direction. Event. And why the fucking autopilot was then entered into like two hours after it went missing. Yeah. Doesn't explain any of that. Could be, like I say this, it could be just mad coincidence that when they said goodnight to the Malaysian uh, people and they flicked it off, at that particular point, they had just some sort of mad power surge. Plane just went... Pfft. And it just went to shit, and that's what happened. That 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 is, I guess, possible malfunctions. I even know on um, there's was it is more chance of being killed by a cow than dying on a plane in that in an actual fact. <laughs> so that. you know, even though you got shit like that, I'm sure that malfunctions well, can happen. The, it's yeah. like it's that 10, 15, 30 seconds of dark between switching over between the good controllers, time. like between the two regions. It's too much for coincidence. And then it veers right, then left. And then after leaving military radar hours later, it then programs another course into the autopilot. How do they, how do they know that? Is it like on the black box or something? They didn't found a black box. Oh. But the fact that it stayed so steadily straight for so long, it's theorized it was entered into the autopilot. It was not being flown manually, right. otherwise it would have been more of a rocky Sporadic, route. It was yeah. literally a fucking straight line from the GPS data, literally straight line across the ocean. Like it just kept was flying. it heading towards anything? Down towards Antarctica, that way, just oh. south, just completely south. No, it would never have got anywhere. It would just fall into the sea. So right, if it was a hijacking, yeah, it'd be for the purposes of killing yourself and whoever's on board. Like, well, this is it. No one. It's it, it. Even in today's world, the old technology and everything, they've never found any except for those bits of debris that washed up thousands of miles away. Nothing's ever been found. You know, if the plane was yeah. intact, it would have sunk. And when they did, they searched like hundreds and thousands of, no, sorry, thousands and thousands of square miles of ocean and the ocean floor. They had these like infrared machine boats that were scanning the ocean floor. They didn't find any debris other than that shit that washed up. Never found a body. Completely fucking disappeared. So the Chinese and Malaysian government were searching for three years and then gave up. Um, then a private firm, an Australian tech firm, I think, can't remember the name of them, they surmised that it would most likely have crashed in this 10,000 square mile area in the ocean and they privately funded their own search they extended that search to I can't remember how many thousand square miles they found nothing absolutely nothing so it's completely disappeared off the earth which has led to more controversial theories which aliens aliens aliens. so the first one is cyber terrorists hacked the plane's controls and flew it into the ocean using satellites Um, why why would they do that? For the lulls. For the lulls, of course. For Chan. Um, <laughs> do it again. Lulls just crashed. It's like Grand Theft Auto. I've stolen a plane. Um, <laughs> yeah. This has been debunked by the manufacturer of the plane, Boeing. Uh, it was a 777, saying that this would be physically impossible to do. Another, another theory. Um, wait, 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 wait. They, Sorry, they're on. saying that it's physically impossible for aliens you, to you, come down and do it. No, it's physically impossible for someone to remotely hack one of their aircraft and control the devices on board even though this thing is pinging a satellite. But that it's a, they're aware of. As far as they know, using the technology that exists in the planes they've built, Boeing are saying, 
that it's 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 given, impossible. Given given that Microsoft have recently told us about vulnerabilities that were in XP are only, are only now getting discovered, I find that hard to believe. Well, I mean, <laughs> a lot of I'm not detracting from the skill of pilots, but a lot of uh, landing and takeoffs and stuff are, are automated. They're on glide paths and everything is lined up. All these different airports around the world are programmed into the computer. Yeah. A plane, as long as even in bad weather, a plane can land itself. You know. Depend as long as everything's on track and you're, you're in, you've flown the plane into the right like digital flight path tracks that exist in the sky, that plane will land itself. You press land, you don't. It's not as simple as that, but it will automatically land. You know, it's all on the fucking. Oh, Google it. It's, so it, it, you can land. it would have moved towards an airport if it was like left to its own devices. It would have eventually course corrected itself. Is, is it? You get to saying? a certain point and you can initiate a landing sequence, which will line up everything to that particular airport. All those lights and stuff on runways are there for a reason. All those fucking like sticks and stuff you see around the airport are there because it's like radar and it corresponds. It's like digital runway right. on the screen, so you can line up. Same with like the autopilot. What basically what I'm saying is that the machine, the computer on the plane has a lot more control than you think. Those recent ones, is it Boeing, the one that's all those planes have been crashing all over the world? And 37, yeah. yeah. 737, I think. That is because the autopilot is automatically correcting what the pilot's doing. So one of the autopilot <sighs> parameters is wrong, saying, basically, you're flying along, yeah, no worries, and the autopilot's thinking, shit, this plane's going to stall, aerodynamic stall, because it's going like this. But it's not. So the plane is forcing the fucking nose down. Right, okay. Even though there's nothing happening. So the the pilots are all taking off in these planes, and all of a sudden the fucking nose is going like that. And they're like, what the fuck? We're we're facing the ground, you know? (laughs) So they're wrestling the fucking plane up. And then the autopilot and everything, it just goes into an aerodynamic stall and it falls out of the sky and crashes. So basically the computer has gone, nope, just crashed the plane. (laughs) Yeah. And that's obviously why there's so much fuss over this, because whatever software is running on these Boeing planes has killed hundreds of people. Um, Apple probably, no. Yeah, so, I mean, a bit of a tangent there, um, but uh, it's possible, I think. I don't know if it's possible to hack remotely a plane, but it's possible to a plane to remotely fly itself, I think. You've got driver. Even now they're bringing in driverless cars. If you've got a driverless car, you've got a driverless plane. Right. I know it's not quite, it's a bit yeah. more complicated, but uh, another theory is the plane entered a black hole. Um, <laughs> or rip in time I'm pretty sure some satellite would have picked that up <laughs> or rip in time in the universe uh, or continuum or whatever and has gone elsewhere any tachyon particles found in the area tachyon no no nah. oh fuck I took my brew no, it did, I've, I've it did it hit 88 miles an hour fucking orbit did if it was on 88 miles an hour it was probably at the point of falling out of the sky um <laughs> So maybe, it, maybe that's when it went I back. This is kind of um, at the end of Donnie Darko. It's kind of fallen into a tangent universe, but instead of one engine, the entire plane's gone through and landed on Donnie Darko's house. Um, so another and the most popular conspiracy theory regarding this um, is the in regards to the closeness of the events of MH17, another Malaysian Airlines flight several months later. Um, a very, it was another Boeing 777, same makes and models and paint, everything on the outside. Um, so basically the conspiracy theory is, is that the disaster um, of MH17 was used as a false flag to instigate a war between Russia and the West using the Ukrainian conflict as a proxy. The theory goes that the plane and the people on MH17, which disappeared into fucking nowhere, were then later used to stage... 
the civilian planes shot out of the sky. Paid actors, like... Yeah, well, they're all dead, but they paid. Yeah. Um, wow. So, basically, wow. when, when MH17 got shot down over Ukraine a couple of months later, all the passports and stuff, you could see it as a Vice documentary where Vice, of course, have... They were on the ground as the... You know, when, when the plane wreckage is everywhere and you've got all these Ukrainian rebels going through, like, people's luggage and shit. Yeah. All the passports are pristine. Well, that's a recurring theme with these <laughs> air accidents, you know? Always, yeah, always. So that raises a bit of, like, a few eyebrows. So theory is that... Oh, once, on. I, once I go what through it? MH17 yeah, and explain go on, that, go on. you can see how they both kind of fit together. But loopy theories aside, MH17 remains completely unsolved and is... To this day, the greatest aviation mystery in history. Christ, Goodness mystery Ryan. in history. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> so the, a possibility could be, and this is way out there before, you know, but what if they killed everyone on the first plane, moved them over to the second plane, just the dead bodies, chucked some passports in there, then crashed it to instigate the war between... That's basically what I was saying, yeah. yeah. You, you've you've said it much like, better, yeah. <laughs> much streamlined. So yeah, basically, they say MH370 disappeared off, off the face of the earth. So instead of actually, you know, actually shooting down a plane of civilians and maybe thinking maybe the Ukrainians or the Russians would accidentally do that at some point, they staged the whole thing and it was like the CIA shooting the plane out of the sky in eastern Ukraine to escalate the conflict onto a global scale fuck so everyone on that plane they disappeared that plane um, I, one thing I missed off here was um, the uh, closeness to the Diego Garcia Air Base which is in the Indian Ocean and a lot of people speculate that MH370 was flown there as it uh, inverted commas disappeared from military radar and then was just flown in a straight line across the Indian Ocean and landed in that CIA CIA airbase rather than flown south into the ocean where it disappeared but I'm getting ahead of myself let's quickly jump to three four months ahead um, flight MH17 this one was a lot more popular well it's not more popular but it, it definitely had a it was more immediate headline than 370 um, so MH17 was another Malaysian Airlines flight on a Boeing 777 identical plane identical airline this time it was flying from Amsterdam Schiphol-Eppert uh, on the 17th of July, 2014. And it was heading for Kuala Lumpur! And um, <laughs> it was shot out of the sky by a ground-to-air ground missile over Ukrainian airspace during the peak of the Russia-Ukraine conflict, which is still going on. Um, all 298 people on board were killed, of course, instantly, or, well, hopefully instantly, due to the explosive decompression of the plane. Um... Halloween footage of the wreckage, of course, spread rather wide across the rural area, soon surfaced online. So investigations were held up, official investigations were held up, at least because the plane had fallen into rebel territory and no one could get to it because it was a fucking war zone. Um, the crash site was seized by rebels before officials could get in and the whole thing was a, just a general mess. Um, but does, shortly after... Sorry, John. Does it say what type of launcher they used to take it down? Yes, there's an actual model of it as well. Um, Do you know if it's a lock-on device or like a, a free... It was a heat-seeking missile, I right. believe. And it, it basically just found the fucking plane in the sky and, yeah. It's thinking an RPG would never be able to fucking... Oh, no, no, it was... A, the, the, the device was built for taking down... Yeah, right, like right. It was one of those huge mobile, like... Missile, well, like an launching. artillery fucking. Yeah, it's like artillery vehicle. I can't think what they what they're called now. Sam is it? Sam, yeah, Sam devices, yeah, SAMs or whatever. I don't know what they what that stands for. Surface air missile. There we go. Buck missiles, I think they're called. Buk's. It's like heat seeking. It explodes before it hits the plane. 
So like oh, when right. it gets when it gets near to the target, it explodes and all the shrapnel yeah. hit the fuselage and the whole thing just fucking disintegrated. <coughs> so U.S. intelligence, U.S. of course gets involved instantly. Um, came to the conclusion that um, they blamed the pro-Russian Ukrainian separatists for shooting down MH17. Um, they said that they used Russian government military equipment that was given to the rebels because Russia was financing them to shoot the plane out of the sky. Um, the vehicle used to shoot the missile was then secretly moved back into Russia over the border and just like, <laughs> just moved it back into Russia. <laughs> Didn't happen. We never had that equipment. Never happened. Um, there were video, video phone recordings intercepted of Russian, uh, sorry, uh, Ukrainian rebels um, boasting about shooting down an aircraft at the exact same time that the, the aircraft fell out of the sky, even though they're talking about a military aircraft, not a civilian one. So there's... Conflicting reports. There's conflicting reports, and like they, maybe they, they aimed at it thinking it was a, mil, a military aircraft. I don't know. Um, who knows? Who knows? Who knows? But... Um, sorry. <laughs> I've lost my face. <laughs> so yeah, the official report is, is that it was shot out of the sky by the Ukrainian rebels using Russian hardware, essentially. Um, Russia, of course, categorically denies any involvement, and they say that it was the Ukrainians, like the proper Ukrainians. Who, Wait, it was us. They were funding the Ukrainians, were not it? That's it. It's a proxy, isn't yeah. it? The, the Ukrainian rebels are basically funded by Russia, and Ukraine is funded by the European Union and the West and America. That's why a lot of the people who were in Russia at the time, uh, who were from... Canada, the United Kingdom, Australia, yeah. they were booted out of the country as soon as that stuff started. Didn't I hear something about your mother? <laughs> My mother was part of that. She your mother got yeah. kicked out of Russia? Yeah, and she, was, she was a teacher. It's the same with like loads of different occupations, people from all over the world. Though. She was teaching outside of the agenda, was she? <laughs> you can have a life! You can live! <laughs> yeah. I think that ban's up now as well. I think. Hmm? I think that ban is up. Oh, nice, you can go back to Russia. I mean, everyone wants to go back to Russia. <laughs> God knows they need... Uh, no, carry on. I thought it was a lifetime ban. Huh? I thought it was a lifetime no, ban. I'm sure she oh, said it's sure uh, up now. I could be wrong, though. Okay. Why do all Russian terrorists in movies speak English? Always boys. To each other. Why always boys? Because it's Hollywood. There is no protagonist here, yet there we are still talking English. There is nothing wrong with the reactor. It's <laughs> <laughs> fine. <laughs> The one guy who was like the Ukrainian like senator or whatever, the 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 fat guy from Goodnight Sweetheart. He's even got his Brahmi accent or whatever, Newcastle. I know. He's like, I don't fucking care if there's radiation in the sky, I'm fucking I'm, I got no fucking proof in front of me. <laughs> what was someone of Birmingham accent? I said uh, Brahmi and or Newcastle. So it sense, and though, a bit of scouse thrown in as well for good. You've, you've, you've got regional accents in it and none of it makes sense. It's all British right? actors in there. It doesn't make any sense though. You've got that really tall, serious guy with a big nose as well in the military cleanup episode, and he's like, This is the guy from the Night's Watch from Game of Thrones. And he's like, We're going to clean up all these dead bodies, mate, in fucking Ukraine. There's no consistency. That dog's radioactive. Shoot that fucking dog. And the kid's like, I can't shoot the dog. It's a dog. And he's like, I shot the fucking dog. Anyway, moving slightly onwards. They've, they've released a vodka. For the first time, anything—the first ever thing that's been uh, created in Chernobyl. Chernobyl they, they vodka. Re- yeah, they released the Chernobyl vodka. I wouldn't drink it all, but for, for like more than one reason. It's a unique selling point. I'll give them that yeah. much. Yeah. <laughs> It'll class. give you wings. <laughs> Legit. Yeah. Fuck. That's fantastic. 
<laughs> I've seen this YouTube video a bunch of fucking YouTubers inside um, fucking Chernobyl power plant I'm like oh, influ- oh god they're in a different reactor obviously the other one's gone it's melted but um no what, what, what are you doing with your life like there's a guy walking on with a fucking he's like oh it's an unusually high number of it's <laughs> like yeah you're all gonna get cancer you fucking fools it's not like oh I could feel the radiation it's like 30 years later hello lymphoma you fucking anyway moving onwards <laughs> um uh, so where, where am I where am I where am I I've, I've lost so yeah basically Russia said the exact opposite they said that the Ukrainian government backed army had, had shot it down not the Ukrainian rebels which were of course sponsored by Russia um, Russia also asked quite rightly so why Ukrainian air traffic control was still allowing civilian planes to fly over a fucking war zone um, two weeks earlier I took a similar flight path on my flight back from Bangkok um, and I remember like seeing this on the news and just being like oh fuck because <laughs> like that it could have been me I could have been blasted yeah. to smithereens and the world would have been a better place so as above with MH7 MH370 who would have caused to down this plane and why how if at all are these two incidents related that was my question that I had but Tom's really pieced this together um, in regards to well, that, that is a theory then is it legit yeah that's, that's in the bodies, me right? how they because the one just completely existed they took that and used it as a false flag to try and ramp up the war between Fuck. the west and the east you know still uh, what so that if if that if that was plausible then that there would have been the CIA that killed 200 plus people on that first airplane I don't want to say yes because that you know we don't want to bring down the weight of the American government onto the sea cast but I mean that is one of the, the more popular theories yeah the way we're going in uh, Russia will probably come down on us <laughs> at some yeah. point as well oh, mother- sorry I'm just there is no podcast so like either the CIA or either side could have engineered the takedown as a false flag to ramp up military operations against the other um in fact, it seemed that this would be the case. Indeed, at the time, I remember the, the, the hubbub around the MH17's takedown was quite frightening. You know, I mean, everyone was just fucking like against each other. You did it, you did it, blah, 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 blah. Uh, I'd been following the, the twists and turns of the Ukrainian situation over the year or so before that, and I seen some, seen some crazy footage on, on the internet, so it all went a bit went a bit pear. It seemed, I genuinely thought that it would be a catalyst for the uh, beginning of a new Cold War with the Eastern powers. Um America and the Netherlands, which the plane originated from, because like I think most of the people on that plane were Dutch. Um, two euros, please. Shot out of the sky, and um, <laughs> they're just short of enough. Just there's been further accusations this year, but just short of enough concrete proof on who actually shot the plane down. And uh, Russia is in the same boat in reverse. So no escalation over the years has happened publicly. It's all kind of fallen to the wayside um, what seems to happen in news cycles though not stay yeah, there like, for a week and then it's, it's just there and nothing history. comes of it no one works in it all just fucking disappears it's going to be lost this is in the box I mean two aeroplanes going down when was the last time you heard anything about it well yeah I, I only there's been developments this year but no this year it was only <laughs> by looking up for this podcast that I found them breaking news it was like a BBC feed breaking news regarding this but like I didn't know anything about it and I've been actively following it like I've, you know I've read yeah. you know because it fucking terrified me so I was like all over it when it first happened like um, a theory from the Russian side is that Putin's presidential plane was scheduled to fly the same day over the same flight path and there are similarities between Putin's plane and the Malaysia Airlines livery or livery or whatever you call it right. the colours are the same red yeah. and blue slightly different but same same but different yeah <laughs> um, 
so there's a conspiracy theory that the real target was Putin's plane and they were looking for like a fucking telescope yeah, that plane's got fucking red and green on it let's shoot that out of this guy and it was the wrong one um, yeah another another slightly wilder theory is that Israel orchestrated the entire thing in order to draw attention away from their uh, imminent attack on Gaza which soon followed um, on YouTube I read that it was a transformer in disguise that was shot down by Decepticons sounds right um <laughs> Another one is that many of the people on board MH17 were heading to the World's AIDS Conference for 2014. Um, some people have said the top scientists and researchers were due to announce a breakthrough in AIDS research, um, which would go against the <coughs> plan that's been dictated by the global agenda. What the... Uh, That'd fit in with the CIA. Well, they got planned for that. Well, the AIDS master plan was engineered uh, disease that was created by the government. Ah, right. How much money Kill do they make off of AIDS and cancer? Yeah, the AIDS, yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, the the yeah. treatment for it, like even the um, oh, yeah. what's it called now? Prep is it the one the, the drug that literally can stop you catching HIV if you're on actively taking prep every day. You cannot catch HIV, but it costs so much fucking money. It's like. Hundreds and hundreds of pounds yeah. to buy it, you know, it's ridiculous. Oh, it's like that episode of Family Guy with uh, uh, Carter um, has the cure for cancer. Yeah, that's a good one. That's a good episode, that is. Uh, it is really good. And, like, I, I always believe that there is a, there is some sort of cure for cancer out there, I, I reckon. I saw something on Reddit the other day about something that just stops uh, brain, brain cancer. Yeah. They've, they've created something, they're trying to spread it as much as they can before it disappears into but, a black hole. Yeah, there's been cases of various things like automobiles, for example. They isn't, Wasn't someone trying to develop a, a car powered purely by water and not, don't say steam? Like car powered um, uh, say car powered by cancer. I can run a car in chip fat. Immediately, you get a, a couple of blokes in a suits and a briefcase come round. They'd be like, "Yeah, yeah, see that yeah. One. what 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 engines run on chip fat? Diesel engines. What's demonised now? What can't exist? Diesel engines. What are they writing off before petrol, before oil? Diesel. Uh, exactly. Diesel yeah, is the man. dirty fuel. McDonald's lorries drive off their own uh, vegetable oil. And they chip. do. They do indeed. You could mix even in my car. You could put two parts diesel. So you do a full tank. As long as you do two parts of the tank to one part pet, uh, cooking oil, it'll run. No question." maybe later turbo diesels and stuff they're more refined it's, they work different yeah. ways but you're on bog standard dirty diesel engine it would run off anything that's flammable yeah, like I, I firmly believe that they, 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 these like superpowers are in place to stop people you know advancing in certain areas mm. of you know industry because it makes them a killing like look at, like cancer you take cancer for example it's an awful awful terrible disease and the treatment that goes into not curing it, just containing it, um, the amount of money that goes into that is mental. And so if, if you cure that, and like, how many, the like cancer's on the rise, isn't it? Like everyone, yeah. they, they blame in technology for it, they blame in all sorts for it. But if you took that away, like say now, they came out, we got a cure for cancer, a global cure for cancer, all you gotta do is take this injection and it's cured. That would absolutely ruin Big farmer in America. Yeah, you've, got, you've got the growing anti-vaxxer population who won't get vaccinated against cancer, so no worries. <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah, but same same boat with Tesla, isn't it? Yeah, Nikola Tesla. They discredited him, and he died fucking skint. Like mm. same with that guy that they the guy who who's that guy they keep put they putting on the part of the new notes. The codebreaker from World War One, World War Two, basically. Enigma. <laughs> no, is it? It was the Enigma machine. Yeah, Enigma yeah. machine. Yeah, yeah, but that guy was like done for being gay. They were like, "Oh, you shagger men, you're going to jail," and he was like. <laughs> 
I don't know, ridiculed and all the rest of it. And it wasn't like posthumously, like years after his death, yeah. that he was like, he's been pardoned for his, I think, I don't know if it was like sodomy or buggery or something, his actual, <laughs> for, you know, his actual, uh, what's the word, conviction. Yeah. And he was, he's obviously he's on the notes now. You know, no matter what fucking note they printed on, he died 50, 60, 70 years ago. You don't give a fuck. But, you know. Um, I'm so on a note now, am I? I? Oh, <laughs> thank you. <laughs> it's like the treatment for cancer is much more invasive than cancer. I don't want to speak for cancer. Is different uh, that's types what of my, cancer. Uh, my grandpa's gone through, you know. And the old chemo and all that, like, yeah. it's, it's not, not very nice. It fucking just destroys you, doesn't it? It does. Yeah. Yeah. It rinses your entire body, your entire. It's like, mad seeing someone who was once really healthy and everything, yeah. and then after they go through all that chemo stuff, they yeah. are just. You know, He's lost like, so much weight, like, it's, uh, it's, it's mad to see. Crazy you know, the, the sickness and everything and the hair falling out that is chemo not cancer yeah, that yeah. you know it's radiation isn't it? it's radiation therapy like did you blast in you with uh, your own radiation Christ that's a bit dark isn't it? it is a bit dark <laughs> now for something completely different turning back to MH17 how were MH17 and MH17 related this is dragging on a bit I'll get to this quickly so I'm saying that it's safe to say these two back to back disasters spelled the end for Malaysia Airlines <laughs> Um, who folded by the end of that year but is this more than coincidence both planes were Boeing 777s with the same livery same painting same design everything Um, you know four people this year were charged with murder in regards to the MH17 shooting down three Russians and one Ukrainian that's weird they were charged by the Dutch government and the investigation that was done on on the Dutch side because the plane left Amsterdam right um Russia ain't got an extra right those people Ukrainian rebels ain't gonna go yeah no worries they'll fucking fly over to Amsterdam not gonna happen <laughs> um, in regards to MH17 I want to speak briefly signals secret messages and apparent coincidences David Icke has insisted in many of his books that the upper echelons of the Illuminati and the royal bloodlines etc regardless if transdimensional lizards or human they are obsessed with symbolism and numbers because it all ties in with ritual and everything else that they do in, the, in their secret societies. Um, so similar to the 9-11 situation where um, 11 could represent the two towers, the uh, first plane on 11, 9-11 hits the first tower, that was Flight 11, you know, all this shit. It was 11 years to the day that George Bush Sr. first coined the term New World Order, so on and so forth. Um, now, Flight MH17, which crashed on July 17th, 17 years after its maiden flight, July 17th, 1997. How fucking weird is that? So 17 years onto the day of the 17th. Like, just... How fucking weird is that? That's pretty strange. That's very, very, very weird. Very strange. There wouldn't be a Steve cast, uh, pod, uh, conspiracy cast without a David Icke mention. The numbers, the numbers, they, 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 they thrive off inversion of meaning. There was a Dutch cyclist, I forget his name, who was due on flight. Of course, it was a fucking Dutch cyclist. Sure, I was cycling to uh, Kuala, Kuala Lumpur and I got on a plane and it crashed. Now, there was a Dutch cyclist, I forget his name, he was due on MH370 out of Kuala Lumpur to Beijing he cancelled because he finished his holiday or whatever early and he went back to the Netherlands so he missed that flight obviously he crashed he was like oh my gosh the plane just crashed into the ocean I am not dead I am still alive months later he cheated death again after being booked on MH17 to go back to Kuala Lumpur <laughs> he then rearranged his travel plans as he had found a cheaper flight um, so he cheated t- Jeff death twice Twice. So yeah. one guy was supposed to be on both those planes and survived both times. Perhaps they were after him. 
Jeg vil sige, the solution is not cyclist. You can't stop me. In a level destination. We have yeah. bike lanes. You cannot catch us. You know more. No more twists is going to run me over today. Um, so <laughs> that's some final destination level shit right there. I have the Jeffrey Hallows. I hide from death forever. So yeah, a bit of a rabbit hole. So uh, that's that's it as far as there's also. Um, Uh, Facebook post beforehand someone getting on some queuing to go onto the flight took a photo of it and said if the plane disappears this is what it looks like because uh, the plane identical to it disappeared three months earlier and he was getting on a flight going, <laughs> imagine if we were all booked on like so you see we're all going to Amsterdam or something in two months Amsterdam plane falls out with this guy into the sea and no one can find it don't say that I'm we're going get, next we month get, <laughs> <laughs> we get all, we're all queuing up to the plane boys what if this plane crashes it's literally like that take a photo of it put it on Instagram if this plane fucks off this is where, I, where this is where it looks like and then that plane falls out with this guy blows up into a million pieces very unloaded Alex Jones Alex Jones turn in the fucking Ukraine gay um, thank god they took a picture of it because like you know they could have mistaken it for a whale or something you know <laughs> yeah well I, uh, yeah I, I don't know I, I've come to the end of my uh, awkwardly come to the end of my image my Malaysian Airlines script right there could we check another break here yeah we'll uh, hear from a few of our sponsors got some new ones this time as well Die from Ty's doors, windows and conservatories. At the moment we got a 25% offer on all double single glazed windows if ordered before the end of the week. Give me a call. You're listening to Steakcast, available on more streaming and listening platforms. You can find us on social media at Steakcast, and we would love to hear your feedback. If there's ever anything you'd like us to discuss in future casts, do not hesitate to get in touch. Thanks for listening. Die again. Forgot to give you my number. Uh, 0292-735-497. Cheers now. Okay, welcome back to the Steedcast Season 2, Episode 1. Uh, Sean just recently finished a, a good segment, a compelling segment, on uh, Flight 370, and I can't remember the... the what was it? Fred Flight 17. 17? 317 and 17. Ah, there we M- go. MH17 uh, MH and MH370, yeah. So. Yeah, if anyone's got any theories on these, on these mysteries that we might have missed, please get to us on the Instagram or... Any other kind Twitter, of... Twitter, Facebook. Yeah, all them. You, you know the scroll. Jakey you know the Twizzler, score. Insta Grizzler. All that Steve cast. Oh, let me just undo my button. I'm getting fat. There we go. <laughs> <laughs> my gun's too well. <laughs> <laughs> all right, these next two strange goings on are linked, but maybe not in a way that's too obvious. This uh, Tanganyika, this place is called, which is now Tanzania. It is said that laughter is the best medicine, but what if laughter is the problem? <laughs> We've all had the giggles during our life, be it drug-induced or from acting silly, but let me take you down to January the 30th in 1962, Kashasha, the border of Uganda. The scene. A mission-run boarding school for girls. <laughs> Members of staff of the boarding school, spat, Members of staff at the boarding school hear three girls giggling between themselves. These giggles eventually break out into full-blown hysterical laughter. This on its own could be a nice thing to hear, because obviously there's nothing wrong with people enjoying themselves, and all was fine until the fourth girl started laughing, then the fifth, then the sixth, then the seventh, then the eighth, then the ninety-fifth. 
This bout of hysterics crashed through the school like a tidal wave affecting all but 64 out of the 159 students. The teaching staff were baffled, unable to see what was so hilarious. They just watched in confusion. They reported that it was impossible to work under these conditions, so they had to close the school months later. So this lasted for months. Months of laughter. Months of laughter. (laughs) The the phenomenon spread like wildfire across the communities, impacting around 14 other schools in the surrounding areas, affecting more than 1,000 people. The epidemic lasted from six months to a year and a half, according to different sources. Six, yeah, just mm. pure laughing. Like, okay, okay. This I got, effect, I got a theory for this. This yeah. effect snowballed into an avalanche that consumed the parents as they were picking up their kids. As they raffled their way home or lamoured their way shopping in the next village, it can continued to affect people, compounding, spreading almost like a virus. The people cannot laugh, well, people in general can't laugh for more than 20 seconds due to strain on the respiratory system. So laughing for a year and a half is no laughing matter. <laughs> yes! <laughs> <laughs> Any thoughts on that one? Uh, Don't tell me that this story was just put in there just so you so could this, deliver that punchline. This is really, um, really similar to the Atlas of Pass in, re- in regards to it all started with someone fighting. <laughs> like thousands of people. Oh, I know. I, it, it kind of reminds me of my GCSEs a little bit. Um, obviously, you're, you're in the. I farted and I shit myself. Oh no! You're, you're in the you're in the exam room. Everyone's got to be complete silence, haven't they? Literally complete silence. So the picture room make complete silence. We're talking a massive sports hall now. All of a sudden, right from the front corner of the GCSE exam room. Entire room in hysterics. Teacher walking around, they say, We're going to cancel your papers. This exam is over. This exam is over. And uh, literal hysterics. I never cancel your papers. Why do you feel GCSEs are someone in the whole fart? (laughs) (laughs) I've never seen seen so much absolute hysteria, though, from the members of staff and stuff. Just over one small fart in a quiet examination hall. I tried to fart and then shit myself. The kind of relating to both of these stories, though, it's, it's a story that Gareth knows too well about my childhood in primary school. Oh, God. With, uh, into, I was in year four, and we were all sat on the carpet, as you used to do back then. And, um, I called a hard carpet. The hard carpet, <laughs> oh, yeah. Yes, yes. And, you put your um, hand on it too hard, like yeah. this, it'd burn all your hand. <laughs> yeah, 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 that's, yeah, a, yeah. that's a badger. And um, one, of the, one of the boys in the class, Reese, he farted, and to date, it was the loudest fart I have ever heard in my life. And because, like, you know, the, the hard carpet floor, you know, when you sit in a wooden floor and you fart, and it's just, it just basically amplifies it yeah. tenfold. And it was so loud and so long where everyone was laughing their head off at it. But me and my mate Matt, we were laughing particularly hard at it, and we, we just couldn't stop. We, yeah. You know, red-faced, tears streaming down. We were sent out. And when we were sent out, we were laughing in the corridor. We just couldn't stop laughing. So I think your theory holds weight for there, Sean. I really do. <laughs> Farting theory, is it? Yeah. It's going to possibly be that someone just broke wind. Uh, yeah. uh, uh, it's, a th- it's possible. It's possible. Painful fart, was it? Yeah, quite possibly. She might live in Uganda, but it doesn't really matter. As long as if she farts like that. The next one that's linked to it is the Strasbourg... Uh, which is in France, Strasbourg. Strasbourg. I, I wouldn't imagine. Strasbourg. It's on the Strasbourg. It's, it's in the French it is German Borg. border, it's, oh, right, but it's, it's in France, even though it's really Germanic in, uh, in style. Sorry. Take, taking you back a couple of hundred years ago, July fifteen eighteen, France in the Holy Roman Empire. Like laughing, there's nothing wrong with a bit of dancing here and there. But if you ever tried it for a month straight, it seems that four hundred people in France didn't have a choice. <laughs> 
You like indie sound bites? <laughs> Mrs. Truffaut was spotted by passers-by in a dancing frenzy at the middle of the street in Strasbourg. She was dancing from somewhere between four to six days. A week later, she had gained 34 dancing partners. Within a month, over 400 people were dancing alongside her. I think the Father Ted, but yeah. 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 Dancing priest. Was everyone joining in, yeah? Was everyone off their face on Ket? <laughs> we, we get to that. It's like Mackenzie. Just can't stop partying. Party on. The dancers would endure days without rest, leave, leading over a period of a month. Some of these people would die from heart attacks, strokes and exhaustion. Jesus. One report says that 15 people per day were dying from this plague, but the official records cite that there were no fatalities over this period, but it is clear that people did dance for that long. Physicians at the time claimed that hot blood was to blame for the city's outbreak. Instead of prescribing leeching or bleeding, they told their patients that they should dance the plague out of their bodies, encouraging more of it. The city opened guild halls and markets and even built stage with hired musicians for the dancers to congregate around. The physicians said that the victims would be free of the plague if they danced day and night. Obviously, this backfired. After... These steps were implemented. They saw massive growth in the number of dancers performing dances in more public spaces, and it aided it aided the spread of this psychic contagion. What do you think of that? One? Yeah, yeah. Uh, so, what did, is it? Is there an answer to this mystery, or is it just they're both linked? The, the answer, but uh, like you said, cat LSD. One theory is that the main psychoactive ingredient of a fungi, uh, ergo fungi which is found in wheat and everyday things, is structurally, structurally related to what LSD is synthesized from, though this has been dismissed because so many people reacted in exactly the same way and they danced for days on end. So, I so think were they all high on LSD? No, they, they couldn't have been because they all re- like reacted exactly the same way and LSD would have worn off before mm. yeah, true. they died of dancing. <laughs> <laughs> Dance away so the they, they, they danced themselves to death. That was the cause of death. Danced themselves Dan- to death. Danced themselves to death. That would have been the. Is that where the phrase "dance of death" comes from? I wouldn't be surprised. That's what does the, that mean? The tango. Is that, does that mean the dance of death? Yeah. Is that is that a sword fight? Uh, I, I, it sounds quite poetically like a sword fight, doesn't it? Yeah. So uh, when, when, when they dragons. were when they were dancing now, yeah. Like, um, was he just straight up silent dancing or did they always have like, some kind of music playing? I'm guessing like, they were like crying like, and shit. You're <laughs> like Parkinson's, I reckon. They must have been dancing to something or were they literally just the body was just moving in the dancing they, they, fashion? They, 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 they started off just just dancing to nothing and then the city ordered musicians to be brought in. So it was they just a crazy old woman in the corner going, yeah. Would the, would the, I remember you mentioned that part actually, would the musicians that they brought in, wouldn't that just be not helping the situation? That just That's exactly it, yeah. The, the doctors said that to get rid of it, they'd have to dance day and night. And you got some guy in the corner and they were slap bass, like, and it's just, it's not helping, like. It's really not helping. It's killing slap people. bass in medieval Strasbourg. Yeah. Up all night, were they, son? It's not helping. Like. Up all night to get some. Up all night to the sun, were they, son? Uh, I think this, this ties them together, but again, this is a loose theory. Experts say that conversion disorders stem from stress-related... Uh, from stress manifested into physical symptoms and possibly coincidental... Cases of mass hysteria are usually born in areas of stress and impoverishment. The area in which the dancing outbreak occurred was riddled with starvation, disease, and the occupants were like really superstitious. 
As for the laughing epidemic, uh, Tanzania had just won its independence and students reported feeling stress due to higher expectations from their parents and teachers. These stress-related events are referred to as mass psychogenic illness. Christian F. Hempelman of the Purdue University stated that MPIs are the last resort of, the, of people of low status. It's an easy way for them to express that something is wrong. So apparently these things move like literally like a virus bouncing back and forth people in these low impoverished communities because they got no other way to express how what's wrong really you know that's the, that's the only way they can filter out these emotions that's one of the theories spread did you say there are superstitious people the the first oh fuck yes i thought the riff would come straight in i'm turning <laughs> off now because we have seven seconds of copyright free music Oh yeah, <laughs> I can only apologise. But so, <laughs> what? <laughs> the fucking... laughter and the, and the so basically they were really stressed out and like like they were really struggling with life, so they started dancing. So yeah, they had no no other way to to so why, show that. Why they... hasn't that happened again? Ah, like why, why, a, why are the Americans like you stress on. you stressed out with your job when you work in New York? You take a fucking handgun to work and shoot a few people. Like, let me move on to the next segment. Okay, then could it be like a, a, a mass public um, a public freakout? Yeah, um, mass hysteria, flash mob. Yeah, Harlem <laughs> Shake was just. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's exactly. Ye tavern when shall have uh, red wine uh, and a bowl of pork knees and all of a sudden like in this dirty tavern the water dripping through the ceiling everyone just like colo terrorista and then the town didn't stop dancing for months years yeah I was there <laughs> the, ne- the next segment is actually called MPIs in this day and age. If we have ca- uh, yeah, if we have cases of mass hysteria nowadays, we would have noticed, right? Well, the chances are that you've unknowingly, unknowingly been a victim yourself. The latest cases I've noticed myself seems to be rampant anxiety that's crossing the internet and infecting users. Ah, oh, send my anxiety. Exposure to so many people, uh, exposure to so many people with different illnesses increases the likelihood of catching this kind of psychogenetic disease. Facebook is a stage built by the city planners, and we are the dancers. You're going to tell me how, this, how transsexualism is, is spreading for this as well. Ah, oh, funny enough. <laughs> <laughs> but there have been more physical manifestations that have been documented. One case in America in 2011 of 18 teenage girls developing twitches and muscle spasms with increasing media coverage. The disease... With increasing media coverage, the disease spread. A 36-year-old nurse who'd been researching this outbreak also began showing signs of the epidemic. Almost all of her research was collected from social media. Researchers say that there's a potential for a global episode unless we quickly figure out how social media is acting like a vector or agent for these conversion disorders. The sort of behaviour isn't necessarily restricted to humans either because you get birds flocking, bison stampeding and schools of fish also exhibiting uh, similar traits. You know, you see the flocks of birds all turning in unison and things. Yeah. Apparently that happens too fast for them to actually react to. So it's like some sort of innate twitch that they all... Yeah, like, oh shit, he's going that way. I'm going to yeah, go. No, 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 no. So there are theories as to why these events happen but nothing completely solid. Does anybody have any outlaying thoughts? People are idiots. <laughs> you saying I can catch Ebola from Facebook? No, because that's, that's not a psychogenetic Ebola. disease. Yeah. <laughs> Someone posts, I have Ebola, inbox me, and I'm like, oh my God, I have Ebola. Like swine flu or something. Sure, your dogs are shagging again. 
Ah, oh, for fuck's sake. For fuck's sake! Uh, all right, that's that's really wrapped up on them. The the link between them both was the stress-induced uh, mass hysterics, but again, that's not completely solid. That's just a theory. It's a mystery to me, anyway. Yeah. Quiz will remain. Quiz. Move on to the quiz. That's fucking nuts. That that, that whole. Do you remember when we all uh, were all laughing in Amsterdam? But that, that was that was obviously... <laughs> there might have been another factor yeah. to that. Yeah, there was another factor in that. <laughs> and he came bounding over. <laughs> I came back. Soon as they saw me... If you've got a pen, I, I got it. <laughs> this is my uh, CGI pen. Okay, a quiz. I couldn't really think of anything to do with mysteries. I was going to do like one, uh, one true, two false, but that would have taken freaking ages. So I done riddles and... Honestly, most of these are really bad, but I'm going to get stuck in. You're locked in a mountain cabin, stuck in the blizzards of winter with no way out. It's so cold that you'll freeze to death if you don't find some warmth. You look around the cabin and see a stove, a lantern, and a candle. You only have one match. What do you light first? The stove. Providing it's a gas stove, because you can then light everything else off the gas fire within. What do you two say? Stove will stay lit longer. Yeah. The, store, the store will have stayed it longer. So that's it's an oil lantern. It's got a fair yeah. wick on it. Uh, so that's two stove. Yeah. Um, For the benefit yeah, of the tape, I'm opening I'd, a broom. I'd probably have to agree, to be honest. So Three stove. Yeah. Uh, in fact, you light the candle first. Uh, okay. No, the match. The match. I don't know why uh, I wrote the candle. <laughs> oh, so the match is what you light first. Uh, yeah, the match is what you light right, first. Right, 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 right. What Beautiful tastes better? <laughs> I did, I got you. What you ta- <laughs> fell for the classic blunder. <laughs> you fool. <laughs> what tastes better than it smells? Farts. <laughs> <laughs> that gets um, worse the more you think about it. <laughs> you suck it, I'm straight out of there, son. Yeah. Um, I'm, op- I'm opening the... Um, oh, it's your mouth. mouth. Your mouth? Yeah. Tastes Rich, Rich says mouth. mouth. Or your tongue. Just, you know uh, what dries itself... What gets wetter as it dries? A towel. A currently, towel. currently pouring the ah, pressure towel. Go on, uh, Gar. Do you want to explain what you're doing there? Pressure drop IGA burn away. So you already told us this, Gar. Fuck me. That's yeah, pink. Pink in the middle like watermelon. Black. I'm not going to sing the rest the of that This colour is absolutely incredible. <laughs> it is the pressure drop and this is the IGA raspberry burn away. It's, it's just incredible. Absolutely incredible. What does it, what, so what it, does it taste like? like and I tried like? the other day. It tastes like shit. It's incredible. It tastes like shit. It's such high end as well. It's such high quality. Cup sniff. But by all means, it's it's incredible. It's, the colour on it is just incredible. Probably tastes better than it smells. Look at that colour. Yeah, Rich said mouth or tongue. So what? Uh, you two, what tastes better than it smells? Uh, what tastes better than it smells? Cheese. Pussy. Ass. <laughs> A lot of beers, cigarettes. No, that's the other way around. Um, crystal meth? I don't fucking know, man. I, I, obviously, there's a really simple answer for this. I, I, I'm guessing the mouth would taste better than it would smell, as in you, your mouth can't smell. Um, I don't know. As far as the trick I'll, answers... I'll accept, I'll accept two mouths. Ga? Of course you'd accept two mouths. Ga? We're in the middle of a podcast, yeah, mate. I'm not sure if you know. Well, I said I said farts. Um, so farts and two, one fart, two mouths. What uh, you could really chew on now. Sean and Rich were right. Hey. A tongue tastes better than smells because it can't smell. Oh, it was, it was a, a trick. Tri- tri- well, it, it was a riddle. riddle. Okay. It's a riddle. Well, it starts with an E, ends with an E, but only has one letter. Uh, e. 
<laughs> EE, the phone network. Uh. Oh, an envelope. Motherfucker. <laughs> yeah. Oh, Richard's fighting with that. What's got T at the beginning, T at the end, and T inside of it? T at the beginning, T at the end, and T inside of it. A teapot. Fuck a teapot. Oh, fuck. Oh, I'm sharp, that. man. Oh, oh. Right, this one. Oh, for- fuck. That was one of my riddles from my bard who you meet in the woods on my DD campaign. <laughs> oh, <is it> really? <laughs> Why have I got that in my head? <laughs> <laughs> fuck that, haven't I? So I'm right down on my hand. <laughs> <laughs> If you get his riddles right, he'll help you yeah. bypass the orc army. Yeah, fucking get out of the way now as well. Can you charisma it like like Fallout New Vegas? Just talk your way past the last boss. <laughs> so, yeah. Come on, orc no. man. There's no need for this. <laughs> there will be violence. Anyway, moving swiftly onwards. Moving swiftly onwards. Okay, this this one's a bit of a, an actual thinker. Like it's, it's a little bit math. This one is. You have two ropes. Each rope takes an hour to burn, but they are not identical, and it doesn't take half an hour to burn half the rope. Think of the ropes as a variant thickness around the lens. Variant thickness? Variant. Ah, right. My apology. No, my apology. Uh, With only these two ropes and a way to light them, how do you measure 45 minutes? Come again? We'll have to repeat that. You have two ropes. Each rope takes an hour to burn. But they are not identical, and it doesn't take half an hour to burn half of a rope. With only the two ropes how, and a way to light them, how do you measure 45 minutes? I, 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 that's, that's lost me now. It's a tricky one. I can't, get, I can't get my head around that. Um, God, I'm trying to think. I think that this, this one might be a bit, bit too much to do in your brain. I can't, I, 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 I can't do it. I'm going to have to pass on that. That's a pass. You light the first rope at both ends, light the second one at one end. When the first rope has burned, 30 minutes have gone by. Now light the other one at the sec. Uh, now light the other end of the second rope. When the second rope has burned, 45 minutes has passed. So you light the one, so it goes, that's half hour. Then you light the second one. Ah, okay. <laughs> that's that's a roundabout way. Yeah. A doctor and a bus driver both in love with the same woman, an attractive girl named Sarah. The bus driver <laughs> the bus driver had to go on a long bus trip that would last about a week, but before he left, he gave Sarah seven apples. Why? I, I, Repeat that again, man, sorry. A doctor and a bus driver are both in love with the girl named Sarah. The bus driver has to go on a long bus trip that would take about a week. When he left, he gives Sarah seven apples. Why? Seven apples. Oh, wh- oh. one for every day. Yeah, Apple a Day keeps the doctor apple away. Apple a Day, yeah. An apple, apple a Day, day keeps on. the doctor away. I got that one. I actually got, got that one. You got that one? You got that one? David's father has three sons. Snap, Crackle, and... Pop. Uh, say it again. David's father has three sons. Snap, oh, Crackle, David. and... Yeah. David. Yeah. Oh, shit. <laughs> <laughs> What's hard? What is hard and hairy on the outside, soft and wet on the inside... The word begins with C, ends with T, and there's a U and N between them. <laughs> um. <laughs> oh, God. That's a coconut. <laughs> it's a fucking coconut. <laughs> <laughs> I'm pretty sure that's one of my dad's. I love the office. Yeah, it's, <laughs> it's one of them, isn't Next one. A monkey, yeah, a bird. Christ. Yeah, good God. A monkey, a bird, and a squirrel are racing to the top of a coconut tree. 
They all start from the same part of the ground. Now, before you answer, I should note that the monkey has a brain of a man to rationalise the objective, the bird has jet thrusters instead of wings for the advantage of speed, and the squirrel has robotic limbs for an unmatched bone of agility. Which one gets the banana first? Fuck me. Right. That, that was a fuck ton of information. <laughs> That's the point, yeah. Try it, say it again, sorry. Say it again. Yeah. A monkey, a bird and a squirrel are racing to the top of a coconut tree. They all start from the same mark on the ground. Before you answer, I should note that the monkey has the brain of a man to rationalise the objective. The bird has jet thrusters instead of wings for the advantage of speed. And the squirrel has robotic limbs for the unmatched boon of agility. Which one gets to the banana first? The man. There's no man. There's a monkey with the brain of a man. Yeah. I can't. Monkey. I can't. I'd say the jetpack one because it can get there faster but that seems like the obvious answer I'm going to say the monkey you I'm a monkey man sorry you can't get a banana from a coconut tree oh fuck's sake for fuck's sake <laughs> gotta listen listen to the question jeez <laughs> there are 30 cows in a field and 28 chicken how many didn't what what? There are 30 cows in a field and 28 chicken. How many didn't? Two. Ten. Ten. <laughs> how many chickens? One's looking lost. Okay. <laughs> how, how, many, how, many, how many didn't they chicken out? Right. There are 30 cows in the field and 28 chicken. How many didn't? If 20 cows ate the chicken, then there's 10 that didn't. I'm with you. Here we I'm go. You, and the last one. The for a fuck's sake. The last question. There are two men paddling a canoe in the Sahara Desert on a sand dune. One of them turns the other and says, where's your paddle? The other one turns and replies, sure does. Both men have paddles. How does this make sense? Don't you repeat it? Yeah. There are two men paddling with a canoe in the Sahara Desert on a sand dune. One of them turns and the other says, where's your paddle? The other turns and replies, sure does. Both men have paddles. How does this make sense? These things make me feel so I, stupid. I don't understand it. Yeah. That's a paddling. Yeah, it's my a speakers. I don't understand it. Where's your paddle? Yeah, sure it's on the, sur- on the shore. The paddle's on the shore. But I, I don't get it. Both men have paddles. Fuck, I don't know, man. I don't know. They're paddling in the desert and the sand is wearing down his paddle. Fuck's sake. Where's your paddle? Uh, um, ah, yes. All right, Rich wins with flying colours because yeah. Sean buggered off halfway through that. Oh, fuck's sake. To be fair, yeah, I was on a fucking roll halfway through that anyway. <laughs> I'm fairly confident. Uh, drinks. We're moving on to the drink section. Oh. Yeah, just brush up on what we've had. I know we've uh, explained what we've had through this cast. Well, what mostly what Sean and Gareth have had. I don't, I've yeah. only had one as I am driving. Did I mention they were last night? Did I mention I opened the Tambourine Mountain by Pressure Drop? You said your Pressure Drop. I've got Pressure Drop. It's a New England Pale. It's really nice. Yeah, I did. I said it looked, I said it looked yeah. like milkshakes. Yeah, sorry, sorry, sorry for repeating myself. Looks like a grapefruit. That does go. It's a grapefruit juice. Shapio, Brent, Brent Shapio over there. Absolutely incredible pressure drop idea. Incredible. Literally like 20 out of 10. It's incredible. Happy. <laughs> yep, absolutely incredible. But like I said earlier, we're going to have all these up on our Instagram if you want to have a ganders at what they look like. Um, so you can buy them if you have, you know, like the sound of them. Come and spend all your money. 
beer shop. And that we need a sponsor. We should we should probably look into like a. I don't drink, but like a beer sponsor or something. Yeah, it'd be nice. Wouldn't it? Beer fifty two sponsor us. Uh, they fucking send all this shit out everywhere. Great trees. Great trees from Aberdeen. I don't know. Why I sang that. Aberdeen um, boy. Well, I, I don't. I, I, I don't know if they actually ask him. Makes <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah. Makes well. Great trees. Do us a Stegen brew. Great trees. Make us a Stegen beer. Do it. I can't do it I tried it failed so yeah you can check us out on Instagram at Stegecast and Twitter and Facebook is at Stegecast as well whatever it is um, just want to thank you all for listening if, uh, if anyone's got any theories like we said post them online on the social media we will get back to you because we love that bit of interaction <laughs> I'll have yeah. to know the logins as well so I can actually reply <laughs> 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 yeah um, so do you want to sign us off Tom and uh Uh, Thank you for listening. We've been the Stegans, and we hope you join us next month. (laughs) I was going to say week. (laughs) (laughs) Tiananmen Square.